Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999 Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we look back at the movies of 1999 from the front lines of our war here Ooh. with Canada here, with, here. <laughs> for fighting Canada here mm-hmm. in 2018. It is still 18. It is still 18. For the time being. This is one of our last episodes of the year, right? It's actually going to be, this is going to be released in 2019, so, so we, we did that wrong. It's fine. In 2019. It's going to be the very first episode of 2019. It but is. it's good for them to know when it was actually done, because we need to be honest about yeah, things today. We, should, we shouldn't lie to our audience. Well, ever. We're we recorded doing this, this in December. December 16th, yeah. 2018, and the voice you just heard belongs to Akinete Analdoan. I'm proud of you. You, you it killed was it. So easy. You it's, got it. I it just, was. I, I got it the first. He told me his name. I'm like, Akinete oh, Naldoan. Easy. Anyone could do that. <laughs> I didn't even tell him the name. I was. Yeah, sorry. I, just, I just started <laughs> to say it, and he finished it. <laughs> yeah, and then he, then he also asked me, "He's like, were you born in Newark?" And I'm like, "Whoa, this is getting this is weird. weird. Were you born <laughs> in, in my Newark? head? Right I was now. born in Newark. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was born in New York, <laughs> North Newark. Yeah. Um. Well, that's cool. But Okinete, also known as Oak, colloquially. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is a big fan of South Park. I am. He's also an actor on Station 19. I am. And for um, all of our all of our listeners and everybody in the world, originated the role, correct? Yeah. Of Hercules Mulligan mm-hmm. and James Madison. And James Madison. On Hamilton and like, honestly, even just saying that, I just kind of fanboyed <laughs> out. I was like, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to be cool. 
I'm not gonna make a big deal about the fact that like original cast member for Hamilton is in the I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be cool, but I'm like I'm like, that's right, Hercules Mulligan. That is true. It's it's, it's true. It's yeah. better hearing it from a grown man than a 14-year-old girl. Oh, I'm well, sure. me. I mean, and no offense to all the 14-year-old, 14-year-old girls, girls because sure. you guys are amazing and you support yeah. me so much and I want your patronage and money. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for real. Like, amazing. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. I want to do the whole thing. I want to do the whole rap. Do it. I can't really do it. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, that seemed like a dare. No, it's, it it's, was. What, what is it? It's like, don't tip me Not with a good time. A, what's the first? What's the first one? It's like it's like uh, intercourse of four sets of court uh, four horses and corsets. It's close. Okay. It's close. All right, start it. I'll, I'll I'll get into it a little bit. I don't even know if I I remember it. <laughs> Did you originate the role? Are you the real Okirirete? I am. But that was like, say though. That, it's been a while since you were on. It's the been stage. a while. It and would take a like, moment to like just like. I process. also imagine like your head's out of it. A it bit, it right? is. You got you got to kind of move. Well, on. my favorite line mm-hmm. from your character, your dual role. Oh, okay. I just remembered it. Is from um <laughs> is is from the is from I believe it's the second rap battle. Where the line is France. France. <laughs> that is. There, there's a France, fun fact France. about that line. From the moment I first read that line, it's never changed. Really? From the moment I first read it, I was like, "Oh, oh, I know this joke." <laughs> <laughs> it is such. There a like good certain joke. things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's certain things that are just yeah. clear yeah. to you that I was like, yeah. "I fucking know this joke," yeah. and literally, it's been that way th- the entire time. It's it's just never changed. Yeah, it, it has to be. I mean, and and we will move on from Hamilton. So because no, thing you want to do is just talk about Hamilton for for an hour and a half. But it's the first thing I want to do. No, no, we, we, we. I can't imagine what it's like to be at sort of the tip of the spear of something like that, of of such a sort of a a momentous zeitgeist thing. And this will actually sort of go into South Park mm-hmm. slightly, mm-hmm. but it's just I, I just. I can't even imagine what it's like to to be that lightning in a bottle, and it's got to be incre- it's got to be thrilling. Like it has to be an amazing thing. It is the weird thing about it was, but it's discombobulating. I'm sure it's sort of like you can't really enjoy it. Well, you don't really you don't really know it because when Obama came the f- when I met Obama the first time. <laughs> And you know what? I will fucking I will drop that <laughs> egg. Yeah, you should forever. Yeah, get, forever. Given the circumstance right now, I will oh, always geez. be like, yeah, the yeah. first two times I met Obama, remember him? He was amazing. <laughs> I should have licked his face when I had the chance. <laughs> Seriously though. Like absolutely like I, I, absolutely I watched I watched the uh, uh um David Letterman. Sure. Yeah. I I, I cried. Yeah. Just seeing him. Just seeing yeah. him. I was I've like I miss your scent. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was just remarkable. But yeah. he said something he 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 was talking to us and he was the coolest man and we just like you know rarely ever is there something that comes out and it's held in high regard as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Most things in hindsight after a while people are like that was great or that was amazing but it's rare that something reaches the height of its popularity and respect and recognition at the same time of it actually existing. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. But also on the flip side, like the beautiful beautiful thing about it for us is we we were in like we were just so focused on creating the thing that we weren't really we didn't have time to step back and kind of look at it and see what it is, which I think benefited us because then all we just kept showing up and just yeah. let's just do it and do it and do it and do it. It's so interesting that you should say that because I was thinking the other day about how like <clears throat> it's like the whole youth is wasted on the young. I feel like success is wasted on the successful on a certain level. Like when you're in it, you can't really enjoy it. On, I mean, to the level that you wish 
you could, if that makes sense. Like you think about like, if, if I can reach this level of success, it'll all be great. Mm -hmm. And then you're there and you're just like, Oh my God. Well, we, we've all kind of experienced that to some extent, right? Like we all had our kind of big, crazy successes yeah. in our 20s, because I wrote on Entourage. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's dope. Um, it's, like, it's a running joke of the podcast. It's the best. But, it's our only and, bit. And Phil obviously created, yes, yeah, our only bit. <laughs> Phil obviously created Sleepy Hollow in his 20s. And it is when we were like in his early 30s. And we were... Um, he was, he was, I, just, he, I just wanted to be fair. He was 2011. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we we can really relate to that that thing you're talking about, how... yeah. I don't know. It does. It, it's a very weird thing because I, I think about, you know, the whirlwind that was Sleepy Hollow to a certain extent. And it, it was an amazing thing. And I'm, I'm obviously incredibly blessed to have been a part of it. But as it was happening, I knew this was amazing. And I knew that this thing was – and I was enjoying it. It certainly didn't feel like I didn't. And no matter what you did, it doesn't guarantee it's, it, it's ever going to happen yeah, again. That's the thing where you're just – you're so and, in and your head. And for you, you have to keep making the thing. Yeah. And like for theater, that's the thing. Everyone's like, it's great. It's great. It's like, okay, that's cool. But like yeah. I have to do the show tonight because if yeah. I don't, someone would be like, it's almost not great. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, but it's true. That's a weird it thing about time. theater. It's yeah. like the, like with film, like it, in yeah. the middle of shooting something, you don't know how awesome it is until it comes out. But afterwards, you can just sit down and soak it up. But yeah. while all that stuff was happening, we still had to go to work. Yeah. So that's crazy. I still we I still had to like I had to push that out of my head and say I got to do it the best I can because that's a whole nother yeah. uh, what uh, I can't tell you what the theater held maybe twelve hundred people mm-hmm. were coming that's to see it. Pretty small. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like all it takes is like maybe four bad four bad performances enough people to be like, yeah, I went and it wasn't as good. And all that, yeah, that's yeah. all. So yeah. like we were so focused that it's like cool, 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 cool. But like I have to, we have to keep doing the thing. Yeah. And that show is so reliant upon precision. Yeah. Every it's I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's incredible. So clear to, to me, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, the stage is literally moving at all times. So you have to hit every mark perfectly every yeah. time. And well, there's the yeah. there's the momentum of it as yeah. well. You know what I mean? Like just. It, it, Purely from just the verbiage and the it's way that it's it's remarkable show. how it doesn't really stop. Like it, no, once it, it starts, and if you miss a beat, the whole thing could could conceivably fall apart. It's also interesting too how like time is sort of the great regulator too. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things about this podcast that I love, and I'm assuming that Kenny loves as well, is whatever you love, I love. <laughs> that's <laughs> grossly <laughs> untrue. That's why my first marriage. Uh, <laughs> Never Never <laughs> Whatever you love, I love. Yeah, that's true. Uh, is is the ability to look back on these things and to to reexamine and reevaluate movies that either I hadn't seen because a lot of these movies that I have not seen, um, or movies that I that I passed judgment on back in '99 that I thought was like, oh, I mean, that's I mean that that thing's a piece of garbage or that's not worth my time or the other way or the other way where I put it up in high esteem. Maybe an American Beauty, for instance. Go. Uh, go for Kenny. Well, I really want to revisit that now after that comment. But I mean, Which it's, that go? Or American Beauty. No, American Beauty. Oh, yeah. American Beauty is tricky now because of the whole Kevin Spacey of it all. That, that, that really kind of changes the whole. Oh, yeah. And, and Me Too and Weinstein, oh, yeah. like a lot of things. That's not the main reason I would say. And I really wouldn't because we do, we do movies all the time with problematic people that we still like or mm-hmm. love. It's true. Um, so much of it is because the filmmaking is so out of vogue. Like the way the, That's the, the style and structure that of that movie, and like kind of this 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 dark cynical sincerity. It's hard to kind of it's hard to kind of put those two things together. But it was so sincere in its cynicism. Yeah, mm-hmm. it just isn't of the times at all. Well, you also we also saw a lot of a lot of films that aped from the clones. It too. Yeah, so you had a lot of American Beauty clones that came out, mm-hmm. which also kind of. But all this being said, I just think that. 
like there's no question that Hamilton has etched itself in history. And it'll be fascinating to watch how it's reevaluated over the years as we move forward. I mean, hell, just reevaluating it now through the lens of the fucking Trump administration. Yeah. It just, it's, it's very interesting. It makes makes me cry because of that more than anything. I saw it because I saw it only, only after Trump was elected. Uh, And that was so, you did too in LA. And And that's so upsetting. And that's kind of the, the trip of it for me at least was that there is a Venn diagram that exists that has hard like trump supporters and like hamilton yeah. and there are a lot of fucking people in that middle yeah yeah and that's a kind of crazy thing because when you create any kind of art you have you hope that it's interpreted a certain way you hope that your intentions are met along with the piece itself yeah but for me it was just a bubble burst and very humbling to realize like once you put it out i have no control over how it's consumed what why people think i put it out mm-hmm. all of that stuff so we're doing this but there's still a lot of people who saw the show love the show Probably if I can do the Hercules Mulligan rap all the time. Who are but, able to do it. Yeah, who are able to do yeah. it. Yeah. They're not on just, mic right now. Who are also but, like, yeah, that's cool, but make sure none of those people on stage have rights. Like, that's like, the, <laughs> like you know, but they totally yeah. exist. And, yeah. and and it's because they're interpreting in a different way because, um, you know, they're like, I'm still telling their story. I'm still mm-hmm. telling the yeah. story of, of, of old old white men. Well, I think that that's an, I think this actually is a perfect segue to the movie I was that, we're, that we're talking about today. Which well, is there South are a Park. bunch of movies in '99 that really kind of fall into that. Where this one being a big hundred percent, it's not. It's not. It doesn't have the same kind of gravity of the point you're making, Oak. Which, which you know, I actually know several Republican Trump supporters who yeah. are also huge Hamilton fans. Yeah, McCain came, loved it. Yeah. I mean, Pence came yeah. the, the, Pence the came day too. after yeah. he was elected, he sure basically. Did. Right, and that that was a trip seeing all the, all the fans of Pence mixed yeah. with. Fans of the show, and that was for me the big bubble. Everyone was this election, they were talking about, like, you know, we're in a bubble, we're in a bubble. But I remember he came, and <clears throat> I was I sit, sat backstage, and if you watch, you'll see a little little dark head peeking out <laughs> out of the winds. And I was just looking and looking, and when he came in, like people booed, but a significant number of people Clap. also cheered, and yeah. some people stood up and clapped for him, and they all sat the fuck down and watched the show just the same, and clapped at the end for us, and. Yeah. um it just really shows the 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 how complex and also how smart not smart but how we're able to rationalize anything yeah it's it does it's also sort of a perfect distillation of of the great experiment that is this country i mean i think that that's and and how perfect that it would be the subject matter of hamilton and and all of it it's it's really fascinating and i think that when, and I don't mean if, but when this country gets through the current administration and picks itself up and dusts itself off and figures itself out moving forward, I mean, that is what's amazing about this country, which is that something like this can happen, and admittedly it's awful, and and I'm certainly not trying to, you know, placate the situation, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's a fascinating thing. And you witnessed a, a perfect distillation of that in Pence being at this show, seeing people booing, seeing people clapping in front of a musical about the founding fathers of I, this I country. Played by, played by, played all by dark all people. dark people. Like, all, it's, like, it's amazing. I it, I respect that coming from a, a, Canadian. a Canadian, and, and I don't mean and I don't mean to be like <laughs> like as an asshole because he didn't mean it to be like an just a little. No, bit. I can I mean, see he's going to start singing. I meant, Canada it, I meant yeah. it like an asshole. No, but <laughs> people from yeah. other countries, um, like Canada, like okay, well, not even a real country anyway, but. Um, like, but people from other countries, we should blame them. We should blame them. (laughs) People from other countries like Canada, but not really like Canada, but Canada or Europe or whatever, they tend to have two 
viewpoints of America. One is the viewpoint you have, which is a viewpoint that I really enjoy as an American, which mm-hmm. is that we're a great country and we're going to pick ourselves up. And the other viewpoint is that we were always kind of, you know, trash and we've never done a great job at anything anyway. And I, and, and I've always been, it can be both, by the way. I'm not sure that it's it mutually is exclusive. That's kind of my point. It, it, it is both. I've always yeah. been way more on the side of what an amazing country we are. And this, by uh, default, Dave Chappelle would say that, which I love. The greatest country by, by default. default. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, not false. Yeah. 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 But after this election, uh, and two years later, I mean, I should, should move on from it, but I have not. Um, <clears throat> the whole notion of we're kind of a trash heap and we may never get out from under it has really been omnipresent in my head. Um, and I know you're, Phil, you're right. We talk about this all the time. You're right. Trump is going to lose or win and then lose and then he'll die and that'll be great. He but is mortal. He probably is mortal. Probably, but but I, I but I'm of the opinion. I'm of the opinion that, that this really pulled back a scab. Oh, and for, we sure, really, for sure. We're really seeing some shit. Yeah, that we hoped was buried or healed forever. And yeah. and another thing that you realize, it's like everybody's been. It, it really shows that everyone's living has been living in different Americas. Like for me. um, Talk with the, with for instance the whole Me Too movement, talking to a light, lot of white women and saying you know the frustration and anger of seeing completely disregarded, disrespected, moved aside, and I'm like yeah that's that's the, that's how all black people feel mm-hmm. all the time. Like no matter what we say, we're never going to be heard. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh uh, uh, this demographic of Americans are kind of understanding a plight of a different demographic. Of Amer- yeah. Like that's I'm like that's the America I've always lived in. Where like no matter, especially with what's happening now with police brutality and and, and with uh, the killing of like unarmed black men what really enrages i think black people is the fact that not only are they being killed but no they're not being penal no, there's no yeah. punishment yeah like i feel yeah. like if it was like okay at least we can say okay they didn't have an investigation that officer got arrested so if more officers get arrested for doing that hopefully that will like call and kind of bring back the level of, of of violence used against but since there is no repercussion now what's stopping cops from just shooting whoever they want because the precedent yeah. has been set like nothing will happen so there's such a feeling of, of a helplessness weird empowerment and powerlessness that's yeah where it's like no matter yeah. what i do not <clears throat> only will i be killed but not, not even even after i die there will be no justice for me like yeah. no, there, like there is no repercussion <clears throat> for them and when i was talking to like whenever i do talk to like women about the me too movement and that and i'm like i know that i know that feeling I know that feeling, like no matter what you say or do, that a, a, a man in a position of power can do whatever and everyone would discredit you every second of the way. No one will give you any validation to what you're saying. They, they will they'll bring up crap about your pa- – I'm like, yeah, I, I, I do know that. Yeah. So I now I, there's these people now, Americans, and I'm like, oh, cool, welcome. Like, this yeah. is- it's really interesting because it does, it does feel like you know, the damage that this administration has done um, does feel like a bell that's going to be very hard to unring. But I do think that, I mean, ultimately what this country does is is swing in the other direction. And I think that, you know, the the anti-Semites and racists of the world that feel empowered right now, I guess should maybe enjoy it for the time being. Because when the hammer comes down, it's going to be know so much fucking harder. We know who you are. Sunlight's the best disinfectant. Yeah. So it's, 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 I, I, I appreciate all of that. Um, so let's go back to a simpler time. 
in 1999, a somewhat simpler time. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think there ever was a simpler time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, somewhat I simpler time. Like, let's I know, go back to like when America, like, I didn't mean I was it, like, I, when? No, I just, I, I'm, 60s, I was being glib. 70s, but I was, the 80s, well, the 90s. I, it wasn't the best segue. You, you, you failed miserably. The whole thing, well, I just, I'm kidding. I but the whole, the funny <laughs> thing it was, about, it was a great, it was a great I'm trying to segue. It was a bit of a segue. back to this podcast. No, no, a little bit. This, so the whole thing about South Park that I think is really kind of interesting in terms of you know a simpler time and all that, you read the reviews, yeah, and so many of the reviews are like in our troubled times. In our troubled times, I mean, the trouble was that Bill Clinton got a blowjob, right? That was, I think, that was the, the big problem in the country. Yep, at the time was that Bill Clinton got a blowjob, and people decided to weaponize that and use it to attempt to impeach him. Um, man, but man, seriously, that man. Like the, the, now, look at today. I know like they were simpler. Out. That's true. That's when I say simpler. That's but, what I mean. But I, at the I'm moment, just, and it was definitely yeah. simpler. That's the point. But at the moment, I think people did think that this was the apocalypse and the world was coming to mm-hmm. an end. Yeah. And I think South Park, in a lot of ways, was one of the best balloon deflators yeah. that we had at that moment, both in TV. And this movie, which I think was revelatory, I really do. I, we, the three of us, watched it together with our mutual friend Teddy Brassman, who unfortunately couldn't be here today. Um, and yeah, and we had a great time. We did have a great time. I mean, I think that it's. I think South Park takes the piss out of so many things. I mean, just look at it from a purely animation perspective. Yeah. Like they're basically just being like. Fuck your pretty animation! Like they're just there. It's it's they're taking down you know these sacred cows on on every possible way that they can, and you have to respect the hell out of that. I think also they're just. I mean, Kenny and I talked a little bit before we got here about. Uh, oh, wow, Mike, thanks. anyway. Thanks for inviting me to that conversation, no. guys. I thought we were all going to talk about it together. It, it, ha- it happened from we nine went, to We nine, literally ten, nine, you ten. Were <laughs> grabbed coffee. Um, I mean, I just, I just feel left out yeah, a lot, you, you know, <laughs> just given the, you know, the state of times and my voice we were not t- being heard. You know, just, <laughs> we talked a little about like the MPAA battle of this movie, and you had a rating. You basically they had to show it to the to the MPAA. Mm-hmm. I think it was five or six times. Each time they kept getting an NC-17 rating, just based purely on swearing. Like, just based purely on the fact that... And Big A Al's dick. And his dick. Yes. And what they fought the, it. The little, they, Saddam Hussein dick when he pulled that movie. Well, there's that, there's that too. And the, well, the, the little. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we might have different definitions of little here. <laughs> Point that being. Thing's the, that thing's the size of his arm. <laughs> it was very, it was very real. It was not a cartoon. That's the thing. That was not a cartoon. It was, it was, just, a it was just a photo of a dick and they just like, anim- I don't know. But they had yeah. to fight to get an R rating. And ultimately it came down to Scott Rudin who produced the film having to call up the MPA and losing his shit on them and eventually they they capitulated and gave it an R rating, which Kenny and I were just like, if this film had got an NC-17 rating, it would have been truly absurd. But again, like this is the shit they were fighting at every turn. I mean, they were fighting Comedy Central, I believe, on a daily basis in terms of what they could get it away with on that It wasn't South too. Park the reason why you can say shit on TV? It might be. I don't know the answer. I can't could, remember. Because remember, there was a time where you couldn't say shit on TV. You could That's always true. it's You could always say shit on cable if you wanted to. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, oh, I didn't know that. You could – it's cable. I, cable is kind of operated under different um, rules than broadcast. It's really just the over But people just never said it. People just never said it. They were like, quote, unquote, decency standards. But now people say huh. shit. Here. I think people don't really say fuck anymore. But, or fuck yet. But – you know, yeah, it's fuck like, you get like one fuck I think on and cable. I'm shocked that by that. I remember when you when when you're younger, yeah. you couldn't you could possibly yeah. fucking even hint at it. Yeah, 
But, you know, cable being kind of run through, you know, these big packages, Time Warner or whatever, things and all I, that think that, yeah. I think that people were a little gun-shy back then. But, yeah, I think um, – yeah, I remember well, – one thing I do remember was Comedy Central used to air those Richard Pryor specials unedited. Yeah, late. Yeah. Remember? And those – say they would say whatever they want. That was kind of amazing to me back then. But, yeah. So um, I'm going to give the synopsis for South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Uh, in this feature film based on the hit Again, animated series – Sorry? I get that joke. Bigger, longer, uncut? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The movie's longer, it's on a big screen. They're talking about a dick. No. They're, I think they're talking oh, about circumcision. I as thought well. it was just like, no, it's uncensored. <laughs> it's a big uncensored. Uh, okay, so in the feature film based on the <laughs> hit animated that series. Joke took a little more, man. Seriously. <laughs> you really pulled the trigger too soon on that one. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's a big movie. It's longer. It's like oh, yeah, normally it's, 22 minutes. Now, huh? It's a good just, bit. Yeah. You, should keep, you should keep this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. The third graders of like South Park sneak into an R-rated film by the ultra-vulgar Canadian television personalities Terrence, played by Matt Stone, and Philip, played by Trey Parker, and emerge with expanded vocabularies that leave their parents and teachers scandalized. When outraged Americans try to censor the film, the controversy becomes a call to war with Canada, and Terrence and Philip end up on death row with only the kids left to save them. South Park opened on June 30th, 1999 in fourth place with $11.3 million behind Wild Wild West. Wow. It would go on to make $83 million worldwide on a $21 million budget, which is a little surprising. I thought Shocking. it made more money than it did. I think it's also great to, that there's a lot of people that believe, or at least uh, Trey Parker and, and Matt Stone believe, that a lot of people paid to see Wild Wild West and then snuck into South Park. They thought that a lot of people, True. because they open on on similar mm-hmm. weekends, even though Wild West also kind of bombed, so it doesn't really matter. That's, but, uh, that's a cute thing. That's probably true. A lot of people sneaking in at the time, yeah. like they would buy it for, for sure. Because yeah. yeah. do exactly what they did in the film. Like just find a way yeah, to absolutely. See the film. Uh, South Park has 81% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics <clears throat> and 88% from audiences, which feels about right. I mean, it's, it's feels low to me. I'm not kidding. It feels, I mean, 88, 81% from fucking critics? Yeah, that's a but lot. like, it's that's, so. I don't know. It's so obviously kind of um, uh-huh. brilliant. It's like it's so obvious. <laughs> I mean, so obviously it takes you out. It so obviously takes you out of your comfort zone. Makes you yeah. think about things that you don't ne- necessarily think about what they're doing. It's so it's so clear in its intentions yeah. of taking down you know kind of our oppressive censorship society that South Park deals with on a daily basis, but uh, that everybody in the country really deals dealt with on a daily basis. Um, how could you not even? How could you not respect it? Because because Chris, because there are a lot of critics and people who hate that shit. They're like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be out of my comfort zone. I want to sit down. I want to watch a movie. I want to laugh. I want to go home. I'm, I'm a little surprised, surprised it's twenty percent. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I know that those, I, I know higher. that those babies exist. I'm, I thought, but be like, higher. I'm surprised. Like in general, like today, a movie like that, a movie that that did the same thing today, yeah. that this movie did back then, is getting ninety nine percent. Well, I mean, well, I think. You, I mean, well, we have to also say, like, well, think of an issue. What is really controversial today as an issue? Now, imagine a film like South Park talking about that. Like, imagine a film coming out about, I don't know, maybe like trans rights or, or even black, like the Black Lives Matter movie. Like, now, now, I, I take think it those movies that, are coming out, and I think they're fucking but not in nominated. The, but not in, not in the way that South Park was talking about it. No, not like South Park with where it's so. Like, funny. if that came out today, that. imagine satirizing that. Yeah, imagine yeah. like that level of 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 um, satire that South Park had on a subject today. I don't think it would do well. Know. Isn't sorry? Isn't sorry to bother you? Kind of 
what we're talking about here? I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know how I, far they go. I mean, I would. I think the closest thing feels a little Atlanta bit like the kind of what we're talking about here. I was going to say it's it's more the John Oliver Samantha B kind of stuff that yeah. they're kind of taking a run at it from a news perspective and that allows getting, them a and little getting bit getting like ninety nine percent on Metacritic. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that. I mean, I think Ebert's review to me sort of shows that surprisingly, because he's not always the best metric, as we've learned through this podcast, in terms of how he's kind of grappling with this movie. And I think a lot of critics were sort of chewing on it in a way in 99 that I think, to your point, they probably wouldn't be today. I think that critics are, for the most part, a little bit more woke, if that's the right way to look at it, yes. or a little bit more sort of progressive in terms of the how they see age. things. The, the, and they're so also critics yes, are in their 30s. A, and they're all yeah. mostly online now. So it's like you don't really have newspaper critics to the same degree that you had back in the 90s. But Ebert's review, I'm going to read a little bit, of says, the national debate about violence and obscenity in the movies has arrived in South Park, the little redneck mountain town where adult cynicism is found in the mouths of babes is a setting for vicious social satire in South Park Bigger, Longer, Uncut. This year's most slashing political commentary is not in the new films by Oliver Stone, David Lynch, or John Sayles, but in an animated comedy about obscenity. Wait until you see the bedroom scenes between Satan and Saddam Hussein. Uh, But a cartoon as it goes far beyond anything in any of those live-action movies, all it lacks is a point to its message. What is it saying? That movies have gone too far? That protests against movies have gone too far? Is it a sign that are times that I cannot tell? Perhaps it's simply anachristic? You know what I'm talking about. Anachronistic. Yeah, that's it. Uh, And feels that if it throws enough shocking material at the wall, some of it will stick. A lot of the movie offended me. Some of it amazed me. It's too long, runs at a steam, but it serves as a signpost for our troubled times. Just for the information it contains about the way we live now. Thoughtful and concerned people should see it. After all, everyone else will. See that, that, because like I find from just coming from theater and like reading reviews and, sure. and being like I did I did a play called Neighbors by Brandon Jacob Jenkins at the public theater once where I was on blackface and had sex with a woman on stage and drank the semen it's a whole long thing but there was a reviewer who came to see the show <laughs> that's an extreme play uh, it was <laughs> yeah, and yeah like I'd have conversations with people for like three hours afterwards like like just so like what what are you trying to say are you trying to and basically right. the show was just saying we live in a day where black artists are basically modern day minstrelsy and never went or never went away but people are still doing kind of a jig and a dance in order mm-hmm. to like make money in this business that's what you have to do you know um and people would be like is that the question one reviewer is like are you trying to compare it and, and the answer is like yes that is and like that's why i'm disappointed i'm like yes that's basically all those questions you're asking that's that's the point he's just not used to asking <clears throat> those questions is what it comes down to like the movie is more of a it's making him think things that he just doesn't he can't process but that's it. the point that's the film yeah, yeah. no and that's I, I agree with and like that. for me for me i feel like the film was at the end of blame canada when the parents are singing yeah. and they're all like let's blame canada before someone thinks to like blame us, us and like yeah. talk to us i feel like that's the film <laughs> yeah. i'm like you, that's that's basically yeah. the whole film that line is it's explicit. lazy parenting yeah and i'm like but i feel like they pretty that's that's the whole film it's just lazy parenting and yeah. instead of like addressing the issues or being more involved or like monitoring or being with your kids when they go like all of them are neglected all of the the f- children throughout the film they're like hey mom and they're just kind of like whatever 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 and it's because no one's taken a moment to check in with these kids that's why they're able to do what they do it's so true like there's a fearlessness to how bald this movie is at times where it just it flat out says it yeah yeah and yeah. and people are just like wait what did they just say it like can you it's just there's it's it's so exposed this movie is and i think that that's what's ultimately so shocking about it. I mean, I remember seeing it in 99 
I'd never seen an episode of South Park in my life. I just went – I'd never seen – I was like – it just wasn't my thing. I just didn't really I get it. I also never – I couldn't – I didn't have cable and I, and I couldn't watch South Park. I just – yeah, I just – I had never seen it. For for whatever reason, I hadn't seen it. My, my friend Simon Ennis – uh, friend know, of the friend, friend of the, of the pod. pod. He's been on on uh, Straight Story, and I'm sure he'll be on again. He was like, "Let's go see this movie." And I was like, "All right, fine." I didn't really have anything better to do. And as soon as Uncle Fucker starts, I was just like, "What is this? How is this movie able to do what it's doing?" And then it just it just doubles down and doubles down from there. And it's it it does feel like and. Uh, Matt and Trey have said this in, in many articles about how they were pretty much convinced the show was about to get canceled. The ratings had dropped about 30% mm. um, between seasons two and three. And they thought that this was basically the end of the road. And so they, they saw like this opportunity. The wall, like, yeah. Like, they saw, and they also couldn't do a lot of this on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So they were just like, fuck it. Let's go out. Let's just take, go out swinging and just go crazy. And I think that on some level, it emboldened them to do things that they probably would never have done otherwise. And it's, it's, it's fascinating. And if anything, it gave the show a whole second life. You know, that, then, then the ratings, I think, ultimately went up. It's, isn't it still on the air? Am I crazy? Yeah, it it's is. still on the air. It, it's still, so, it's still also occasionally relevant. <laughs> and I don't mean that in do, a bad way. Do you way. still watch it? Sometimes I don't still. I've checked in. Yes, and it that's still what I'm is. Say. Like sometimes it still is. They'll put right, out a, right there. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they'll put in an episode or even have a season where people are just like, oh, this is so on the pulse. Yeah. Like they had mm. one, they, they, it, it's, it's ironic because I think it, it's what led to Trump, but they had right before Trump was elected, they had a whole season, a whole season about PC culture. Yeah. And it kind of felt like PC, you know, kind of this idea of like PC culture has run amok and the guys who are really the problem are basically people who became Bernie bros. Um, <sighs> these like, yeah, these like white frat dudes who are me, I guess, essentially. Um, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, it's really these, like, I I wouldn't call myself a Bernie bro, but yeah, it really, it really is like guys who look like me and kind of like you feel, except you're Canadian, who are like yelling at everybody else, be more PC, be more PC. And where, uh, I do, I think, I, I think there is this idea. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I do think there is this idea that like, we're problems, which like, we kind of are. I, there's, it, it, it's, it's kind of a whole other Ball of wax, but the point is that was the only show on television in any medium that was even discussing this thing that I'm convinced is the number one reason Trump got elected. This idea of like other white guys yeah. and white women basically being basically feeling like, who are you to tell me I can't be just a little racist? Who are you to tell me I can't be just a little homophobic? Who are you to tell me that like I can't do things the old way? And you know. It was. And this, I mean, I, I think that this movie kind of runs with that ball in a lot of ways. It was at a different time, admittedly. But it is very interesting to see, like, you talk about how they've hit sort of the zeitgeist. They've hit veins over the years as the show continues. I mean, didn't they have a Terry, uh, Terry Schiavo episode, if I'm not mistaken, where they talked about, sure, uh, they do. you know, obviously there's the famous, you know, they, they, they've gone after Tom Cruise and his uh, mm-hmm. Scientology on many occasions. They've gone after Kanye on mm-hmm. many occasions. Brilliant episode of television. <laughs> The Which one? Fish sticks? Fish sticks? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, I've not seen it. Oh, t- it's, oh. it's something. I'm oh, watch it. my God. The, the, basically, <laughs> basically, I think No, 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 no. Don't tell me anything. I want to get on. I just want, I'm just, just going to look up you stuff. Watch fish sticks. sticks. That's fish it. Sticks. Cool. Fish yeah, sticks might be the best episode. And, and, and you know what? It's as relevant today as it was. I think it came it out might like be more 10 relevant today. years ago. They, they, well, Kanye's only spun they more and more nailed off the Kanye. They're done and done. And I don't mean nailed him like they like roasted him. They got his kind of. His thing. Deep down yeah. psyche yeah. in a way that no one had. Yes, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. They, and that's the thing about South Park. Even back then, 
South Park was brilliant and it was also kind of liked primarily by like snot-nosed suburban 12-year-olds. For the wrong reasons. I For the think. wrong – well, maybe. Like that's kind of hard to say. Like South – the other thing that South Park has done and, and weirdly this falls into like the, the Matrix Fight Club hole for us. Oh, yeah. Which is like um, it has been co-opted by the wrong people for the wrong reasons. Like Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> that's, an interesting, that's an interesting call. Are you a fan? I think Dave Matthews Band is great, but everyone's like, oh, you're Dave Matthews Band. I was like, I'm not a bro. Like, they've ruined it. Like, the bros have ruined Dave Matthews Band. That's interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I do I could talk about Dave for a while if you want. (laughs) I love Dave. I'm on on the same boat of Dave. But but I I think, don't you feel like this folds into, to to go back to what uh, Oak was saying earlier, about how the second you make art, for all intents and purposes, it's open to interpretation, right? And and But South Park can then be misinterpreted as lowbrow when it's actually surprisingly highbrow. Well, so yeah, I, be, I have two different points about sorry. about this thing, though. One is, yes, there are definitely people who take it the way Stan and Kyle and Kenny and Carbon take it, which is like they're saying fuck and shit. And those people are not the people I'm talking about. There's another idea that I think Trey and Matt have kind of unwittingly put out there, and I think they're a little regretful, which is that nothing matters, right? Yeah. That like everybody mm. is equally stupid. Everybody's equally evil. Everybody's a little bit racist. Everybody's a little bit racist, like Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody is every. This idea that like the truly the only way is libertarianism. The only way, really, I think yeah. that there are a lot of people who look at South Park and like this is a libert- libertarian credo, and the less reg- the least amount of regulation, the least amount of government. That's the only way we can re- maintain our sanity. And I think that like. To this day, they feel like you know, and I think they've come out and said it, which is like actually like Trump is worse than the rest of them. Well, can I? I, I agree pretty much one hundred percent with what you're saying. I guess my question is, it feels like what Matt and Trey just really want to do is just kind of take the piss out of things. Like it's not to take the meaning out of it. It's not to to make it seem as though everything is meaningless, but it's to also be like, but everything's not as important as we make it out to be sometimes. I think it's a little more noble than that, at least their intentions, okay. which is not so much take the piss out of it. Yeah. It is uh, It is show the phoniness of everything. Have, right. you, guys, have you guys seen – I haven't want, actually – this made me – and just this conversation is kind of amazing about how even I do the thing I was saying. Like I watched it and whatever feelings I have, I just assumed. I was like, yeah, of course they're trying to do this. But as we're talking right now, it's like, shit – Maybe we should just watch an interview of them talking about it. <laughs> no, mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, I never thought to do that. I never thought to look up an interview and say, well, actually, what was their intention? Well, they're, I they're just not, watched it and assumed. They don't articulate it as much as you would think. I mean, in, in fact, they've actually said on the commentary on the DVD that they were so in it on the show and so fucking overworked, they don't really remember making the movie. So Were they high? Well, I, I truthfully think they were juggling so probably, many, but probably yes. Yeah. But that show was notoriously very late in terms of when they delivered things because they wanted to be as close to sort of the mm-hmm. zeitgeist as possible. You've seen the the documentary on the making of what episode? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. You should. You should. If you haven't seen that, you should watch. Oh, was that. it with all the, the the paper? But they don't do. Do they still make them that? It's way? not no. even the animation. It's the oh. actual like creative behind oh, it, like how they write it that. and how they put it together. They is, basically like crazy. break it on a on like a Thursday. And a Friday, they worked through the weekend and it delivered on Tuesday to air on like Wednesday. It's because like I knew right it was fast it. because they wanted to stay as relevant yeah, as, as relevant possible. as possible. But it, it also, I mean, there's a lot of things to be said too. I mean, we all work in television, but like the more 
there's there's an argument to be made for when you have a gun to your head, in theory, you might make something that's a little bit more sort of crackling and a little bit more there might be an energy to it. I mean that's I think with comedy more than drama but supervillain sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's also true. Also true. So I mean I think that I, I think it's interesting to see how they've talked about this movie. They don't get very high-minded about their stuff, though. I mean, I, I think they try to, in interviews anyway, they make it seem very kind of, we're just trying to have fun a little bit. But I think that's part to- of it, because even that, in, in, in uh, I haven't, I still have, I haven't seen Book of Mormon. I was gonna. I was just gonna ask you if you had seen it. I haven't seen. I haven't. I haven't seen it yet because I would audition for it a lot, and I've never done a play that I've seen. So like every uh, anything I've ever done in life, I've never seen a production of it. So for years, I just never watched it. You've never. Was, you never got cast in it. No. Where did you audition for it on Broadway? Yeah, on Broadway. Or? Oh wow! I auditioned on Broadway for like four, like four or five times, and wow. they were just always like they found it just was never right. So because of that, I just never saw, it. and then you know time yeah. passes and time passes, and I just like never seen seen the show. So not to not to get on a total tangent, but I got asked this since I have you here. What's your favorite musical? Uh, I would have to be Ragtime by um, Lynn really? and Steve Flaherty. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 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 really beautiful and amazing. Um, it's like Les Mis, but like without the waste. Les Mis is super repetitive. Yeah, I said it. Fight me. Um, <laughs> Thank God Teddy's not here. He would fight you. <laughs> uh, he would. I know. Teddy yeah. would. I've talked to Teddy about it. We yeah. Actually, we were really? in a crater in Israel, like super drunk, and we sang Confrontation just for, a, for ourselves. Amazing. No yeah. one else really cared. I have, I I have gotten into long, drawn-out fights with Teddy about Les Mis before. No, but, it, but, I, mean, but, it's, but I'm I like, like Les Mis, but I, I understand. Too. But like, I but, do, too. But like, but, like, but like Ragtime is so beautiful in terms of the story of the black people the immigrants and, and New Rochelle and, and the white folks and every and like the music is so nuanced and specific that it's such a character that all you have to hear is a melody and you know exactly who it is for really where it, yeah it's 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 absolutely beautiful it tells this really remarkable story and it touches upon like just injustices of that time and just all the struggles that everyone was going through and it also gives um, that white perspective a point of view and the character of mother she's just kind of looks around and she's always has help and she has a moment to realize like what am I doing how am I I'm not really doing anything to help these people they come in and out my house but i never take a moment it's it's really remarkable and beautiful and wildly underrated mm-hmm. and um yeah it's not i mean i, I most I was people su- who a little surprised in- by you saying not not because it's not any good or, mm-hmm. or that, quite frankly i know that much about it but i think that's kind of the point which is that it's obviously one of the great musicals and yet you see like there are certain musicals that just kind of suck up all the oxygen you know what yep. I mean? the, the les mises hamilton's no offense but like mm-hmm. you know just that they they just become so large in scope and how people view them that the other ones just kind of get swept aside which is unfortunate and to bring it back to what we we're saying before everything is relative to what else is happening like for, lion king came out the year uh uh, uh oh, really? time came out right. so it's like you know it's <laughs> like they didn't with that yeah they yeah. didn't stand they didn't stand a chance yeah. against lion king that got like that sucked all yeah. there yeah like yeah. everyone was about when it. it felt like a game changer visually as well like i mean julie tamer sort of like made it a much different visual experience mm-hmm. than people mm-hmm. were maybe used to at the time yeah so here's my question how do you feel south park holds up as a musical good question uh i think it's i mean i think it's great as a musical because it really i feel like all of the songs from south park are homages to other songs sure mm-hmm. like uh, uh uh i feel like blame canada is kind of like a nod to oklahoma uh, the the, the scene uh, the scene when the resistance is yeah the resistance is, is, is yeah. they miss um, Uncle Fucker's kind of Oklahoma too There's Uncle Fucker's of, also kind of a lot like, of Oklahoma stuff kind of like the, yeah, Oklahoma, the, Oklahoma the, film yeah. the way they ended is like the way they end the song Oklahoma. yeah and like and like and just just even just the opening scene even uh, just with the with even just with like an overture and it's like all, all like I mean it's just as of, I mean, yeah, and we like know now, hindsight, they know how to write a musical yeah, like yeah. they know how to construct it yeah. uh, and I think as a musical it's 
I mean, it's hard to say because I'm biased as fuck. You know, I'm like, it's great. It's as a reason it's great because I, I love think it. It's, I think, but I also think, yeah, it's it's it's. I think I think it is is it is good as a musical. I I would have loved more songs. I wish they put into music more things than they than that were scenes. Right. There are twelve I, songs in this. They're short. In in but in an hour in an hour and twenty minute movie, there are twelve songs, and also has one of the most brilliant sequences. Which is that it's very Les Misy yeah. at the end when they when they mm-hmm. kind of cross cut cross, sort of it's, yeah, it's, it's four and everyone's songs. singing back and then they bring themes back yeah. from other things they bring the yeah. Blind Canada yeah. thing they bring that up up their theme yeah. it's like yeah. it's I mean they do it I mean it's it's a very it's kind so of rude. 90s 80s and 90s kind of trope in musicals to do that thing but it works so well here and it almost feels like there's something so satisfying about how much respect they give to the musical as a form because mm-hmm. they're never taking the piss out of musicals. Like, no. like I know that people think it's a parody. It's not a parody of music. It's a straight it's a musical. up musical. Um, and that's, that's the, that's the format structure of this, of this movie. And I love it for that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think the other thing that's worth talking about too is, and it might've been the first time that I saw this as a musical, but the metatextual musical, the musical that's aware that it's a musical mm-hmm. to a certain extent. I mean, and and how it kind of folds in on itself. I mean, I think Moulin Rouge does that as well in terms of how it kind of deconstructs pop songs and, and makes us reevaluate how those kind of fit into. And I think pop songs are maybe a little bit more malleable because they tend to be pretty universal in their themes and the way that they're lyrically like, constructed. Li- yeah. But I think that that this movie does something which is much more sort of, I guess it's in terms of the melodies and in terms of the way that the songs are constructed, which is a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. which I'm sure people as they watched it might not have caught on to. And the whole thing is scored. Like the whole film is scored. It's wall to wall music, basically. Yeah. It's pretty, I mean, when we, when we watched it together, the thing that really kind of hit me right off the bat was like, this thing is a fucking musical. Like it's just, it, and it did not, I don't think it hit me in 99 that it was a musical. I knew there were a lot of songs in it, but I would also say that I, I guess in my brain, I don't think of the Disney films as musicals. If that makes sense, which Disney like film? I don't think of like, like Aladdin Beauty or, yeah. or 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 I don't, Beauty the Beast. That's I don't think of them as musicals. They're their own thing. They're they're but, so less, that's how less I come so this in there. This like they're I know you know I don't know if you guys saw Wreck It Ralph I the did. second I one. I love. I haven't seen the second one. Don't say anything. I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the second one. There's a song. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It. <laughs> no, let's do a pause right quick. There's something in life like um, <laughs> I. I really, I really yeah. like going to to pl- anything plays uh, and movies, not knowing anything. Sure, yeah. Because you know, have, being on the other side, yeah. it's rare to have. You guys know, like my favorite moment is reading it for the first time, and then really going on the journey that the writer intended, mm-hmm. where it's like I actually don't know what's happening next. Like this thing is actually a surprise because I haven't seen a preview oh, or anything man. to hint at it. I haven't had a you. synopsis of it yet. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so I really, really do do love it. Yeah. So I always say to people like, "Hey, man, I don't really want to hear anything." They're like, "Okay, I'm not going to ruin it." But in scene three, yeah. like and yeah. it's like <laughs> clockwork. It's like clockwork it's every right, time. Man. And you, and I'm just saying it's funny because like you literally, I was like. Like, don't say anything. It's like okay, I won't say anything. There's a song. There's a song. <laughs> but also he said. Also he said, "I'll fight you." Yes. And it didn't deter you. You didn't miss a beat. <laughs> this is not you did not miss a beat. Well, I just assumed you were joking. You would never fight me. Bitch, <laughs> 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 you don't know me, <laughs> man. <laughs> you just wouldn't fight. Like look at like I have. Say, I would love to see that fight though. Oh no! You know how quickly it would be over? No, I know. That's why um, I'm not trying to fight anybody. They're killing course. black people for just crossing the street. You think I'm gonna fight a white man <laughs> no. in a podcast, a podcast studio? 
We got audio evidence here. Oh, Podcast um, studio. Are I think you kidding? A, but I do think some people would be like, he did warn you it's about you. You did tell him there was a song. No, they wouldn't. There's um, nothing in history. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. true. Warning doesn't that change. He threatened him. He said he was going to fight him. So of course he did. <laughs> the point being, yes. we won't talk about Rick Ralph anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, lovely movie. <laughs> it is a nice movie. But there are movies. I think the Disney movies are a good example as well, where the songs um, don't actually move plot forward. And the songs mostly just exist as a device, almost like an inter- an internal monologue. Sure. Right? That's not what happens in South Park. No. This is plot. I mean, blame – war is essentially declared in a song in this movie, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it moves it, – it, it absolutely moves the story along. I, I think it's – I think it's a fascinating movie. I think that, you know, Kenny and I also, when we were talking earlier, we talked about how I think the movie holds up stronger with people. I think that watching it, we Kenny and I both watched it again just to do notes and what have you. And it 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 doesn't hold up as well when it's just you by yourself. You need the you need the cacophony of laughter from a bunch of other people. It's a really good point. It really it's gives better. it wind and it, in its sails. It's it is a commu- yeah. it's really a communal experience just to hear how it, it hits different people. Similar to a musical. I mean, yes, I, I imagine like that if a- I watched Hamilton by myself, it would still be great, but mm-hmm. it might not be the same powerful experience. Or if I saw, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's- a different experience. I've never watched Hamilton on my own, but I listened to it every I single also this- <laughs> I also listened to South Park before I saw it. Oh, really? This yes. Oh, that's funny. So I approached it, honestly, from just a music standpoint. I listened to the whole record first, and I said, this is so funny, this is so funny, and I would listen to it all oh, the time, amazing. and you, then I watched the you film. You listened to Uncle Fucker before you saw the movie? Yeah. Uncle Fucker, Kyle's Mom's and a you bitch, still in, And you Lovers still enjoyed it? Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Well, because so now I, 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 I couldn't have possibly ruined Wreck-It Ralph for you now. No, yeah, yeah, you can. Oh. Wait, you didn't <laughs> sing it for him. But here's what I'll say, oh, too. I'm not even I specifically, <laughs> I specifically listened uh, to Hamilton once. And then I was like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. I want to see this live. Yeah. I just, I didn't want, to, I didn't and I know I was alone. So many no, people, I so many of my friends listened to it a million to times. For the reason Oak said, and I, yeah. I feel bad. I, I listened to it once, and, and I will also say the, the, the density of the, the lyrics and the songs was so much that I was like, I'm going to have to listen to this so many times to be able to really parse out. It'll be better visually if I can sort of see what's happened. And, and it was. And I'm glad that I that I didn't listen to it ad nauseum, as a lot of my friends did. And they might have enjoyed it just as much. I don't know. But I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of, you listen to it just once and then, or you listen to it a bunch before you saw the movie. Oh, that, I, I would listen to it a lot before I saw okay. the movie. Okay. What's your would, favorite song? In, the, in, in South, South Park. Park. Um... It's it's Kyle's mom's a bitch, man. It's like the reason why because I feel like you know like there's some there's some songs that like no I think like there's some songs that like really like drive the plot forward, but then there are other songs that are just like very visceral. Like everyone has that person where you just want to sing about how they're a yeah. fucking bitch, and I feel like that song really like captures it. Like she's the biggest bitch in the world. She's a bitch in Africa, in Sweden, like no matter where you go. Like this woman is a bitch, and there's just yeah. something about that that I think even like being young, like you can relate to that moment of. Being able to finally say the thing, it's like, you know what? You know what? Your mom is a fucking bitch. So, like this, a, that's, I mean. so I wonder, so interestingly, Kyle's mom's a bitch is, does not make its debut in the South Park movie. Yeah, it's, in the, it's on the show. South, yeah. It, it was, a, it was a, a running joke throughout the whole thing where he would go, hey, Kyle's mom's a bitch, she's a big bitch. Um, and this is just an extended version of that song. I mean, it was, it's like, it's 
to me, it's their only real like greatest hit moment in this thing. Yeah, I, I mean, Kenny dying too, but that's not really Kenny. So Kenny dying is such a big part of this movie. That's mm-hmm. not really what it is. That's an excuse. Yeah. Like this is a greatest hits moment, but they nailed it so hard. I, you know, I think that for me, Stan stuff, I don't know why. There's something about his voice. What, he's constantly singing to the girl. That's there's the, the girl, girl that, that I like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but that's, that's also like, that was also that, I feel like that was a direct nod to Charlie Brown. I feel Absolutely. like, yeah. And yeah, it's a direct yeah. nod to Charlie Brown Absolutely. and Little Redheaded Girl. Yeah. I also, I mean, I love what would Brian Boitano do. I also I love what would Brian Boitano do. <laughs> it's so, it's like just so ridiculous, but genuine. It's uh, so gen- There's, I think that's what it is. There's something very pure mm-hmm. about Stan's voice. All he doesn't voices. swear as much voices. as, but he's, he's actually like, he's the good kid of the bunch. He he's very sweet. He is very earnest in his desire to find the clitoris. He's just, he just seems like a very good kid. Yeah. And his voice just seems very pure. And I don't know why, but that one just kind of, it's a more of an earworm for me than the others. I don't know why. My favorite is and has always been Kyle. I really can relate to Kyle, not just because he's a Jew, but partially because he's a Jew. But what I love about Kyle and, I, and then the way they write Kyle, it's Kyle. All right. So Stan might be like kind of the the, the conscience of the of yes. the piece, but Kyle is like, the, the teeth, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's the teeth. He's the teeth, and I every agree. time Kyle is leading the charge, he's the only one pushing back against Cartman's bullshit. He's, <laughs> I feel like I'm in that position all the time. Where I'm like, don't you realize what a fucking piece of shit this guy is? And another thing they always do is Kyle's not the butt of the joke. There's always an, el- there's always like a second act in, in South Park where Kyle has the upper hand on Cartman, mm-hmm. and here it's when mm-hmm. he gets the Vichy, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's so satisfying it's after true. he gets called a Jew. Yeah. Oh, you're, like, you're a dirty Jew. I have no yeah. Jewish candy for you, which is such a great line. Uh, also, when but, he's like, you're not a Jew. He's like, no, I actually am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kyle. You're not a Jew. <laughs> so I, I do. I, I, there's, something to, there's something to be about Kyle that like, oh, Kyle's the kid I want to be. You know, Kyle's like, great. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, this is a perfect, like, the 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 archetypes that they're playing with with these four kids is just kind of perfect as well. Like even Kenny obviously serves a purpose and not just because we can't actually hear what he's saying ever, but just like what he, what he, you know, speaks for this piece. And like, he's kind of the spine of the movie. It's also kind of deep. Like Kenny, he is like of the poor, he's the poorest of them in the white trash and you can't hear him. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. (laughs) That's why they did it. Until, but he like, he understands because he's always on the periphery and he's there and and like you can't really hear and, and like everyone understands but I think Stan is the only one that's really dialed into Kenny all the time I I agree but I think it's absolutely like it's so true and that's why I think they are like again I want to watch but they are I think they know what they're doing and they're just saying oh it's we're just making jokes but it's like motherfuckers you they guys are know not what making jokes why because that last line in fucking blame Canada I think that's yeah. them saying by the way blame someone before they blame us I'm like, it's just, in, yeah, in, in the film. And, I, and it really hit me this last time when we watched the film. Especially when they go to everyone's house and you see everyone in the home and they get to Kenny's house and his parents yeah. don't really care and all the jokes. And, yeah. he, and then all of a sudden it's like you never hear what he's saying. He's always trying to communicate something. He's always like present, but like you never really hear him because he's muffled. I was like, this is deep as fuck. And, and he's he always the one who dies. He's he dies always every the episode. one who dies. And for half of this, I mean, God, this is, so, this, is, this is such white liberalism. But for like half a second, everyone's like, oh, how terrible. And they move on. And, and move they move on. on. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like Clooney. It never gets any easier. (laughs) (laughs) No, he sings like, doesn't he sing? He just uh, whistles. But he he whistles a song. I think he whistles like a fucker. No, he whistles like the opening. uh, Oh, sure, sure. The thing. But yeah, no, that's true with uh, the Kenny thing. That's also true. That's also true with Operation Human Shield. 
Oh, where like, oh, yeah. The, yeah. like, like they have like their, they touched upon a lot, yeah. man. That was yes. that I, I, yeah, that was, this is a, a real condemnation of the uh, industrial military complex. No, it is. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and about everything's, everyone's scared, so then they just hyper-militarize anything, and again, yeah. missing my point so hard, it filed a restraining order. It's like... They really come at the military hard, and Windows 98. <laughs> well, I, I mean, yeah. the shooting Bill Gates, and that is awesome. But, and I love Bill Gates, like, I have, I have, a, I have a real big theory about, like, what a wonderful guy Bill Gates is. He is. But, like, yeah, I, well, I'll, it's very simple. Basically, like, Bill Gates decided there's... I have so much money, I can spread it out among a bunch of things and help a little bit, or I can really try to solve one, one problem. Thing. And he's done so much for AIDS in Africa. It's insane. Yeah. And now and disease, it's, now it's water. General, now he's yeah. focusing on like water. It's, it's am- absolutely amazing, amazing what he's doing. Like giving like billions of dollars solve, for people like, to like really develop. Solve a problem. It's amazing stuff. All right. So Bill Gates is all right, but I think shooting him is funny. I yeah, think, true. I think in that it one also was moment, the time. That's Bill Gates then. Bill Gates now, I don't think Different, they would. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, you, you are really a great human. You've been, you've been very helpful to this world. <laughs> yeah. But the, all right, so they don't make any comments about race basically this whole show, this whole movie. And then they have this one perfect joke that also shows why it's so fucking easy for white people or specifically white people in power or white people who are totally out of the line of fire like, like Kyle's mom mm-hmm. to start a war. Yeah. Because it's not our kids it's fighting it. Kids yeah. Are fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, the complexity of this on its face simple movie that just seems to be about a bunch of kids swearing is just is is incredible like that that's the thing that hit me the hardest about this movie is how easy it is and it's what happened at the time although some critics it seems 80% of them seem to get it mm-hmm. but how easy it is to dismiss this movie as nothing more than fart and dick jokes and a bunch of kids swearing and how utterly brilliant Trey and Matt are in terms of baking so much social commentary into it. It's just, it's amazing stuff. Um, It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of lost for words a little bit, but one of the things I think is interesting about this film too, is that the title was originally South Park, all hell breaks loose. What's the current title? I forgot. I think it's uh, uh, bigger, bigger, longer, longer, (laughs) bigger, longer, right. Right. Circumstances about a pick, about a, Penis? A pig? Is that what you said? Yeah, pig. Yeah. Uh, it was originally called All Hell Breaks Loose, but the MPA would not allow a title to have hell in the... Like the I just thought of the title, like, bigger, longer, still smaller than Jerome's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That actually... That makes me think of something that amazing that happened, actually, on the set of Station 19. Do you remember uh, the gloves on... So, I filmed an episode... Many months ago. And uh, so Oak and um, and Jason George had certain gloves. <laughs> so like latex gloves. Yeah. And they were larger <laughs> gloves. And then uh, Jay Hayden, one of the actors, <laughs> had smaller gloves. And he got really insecure <laughs> about the fact that his gloves It was like were, a joke, but not. It was, well, it was, it was amazing. Oak, and then they, I've, I've noticed Oak's hands <laughs> over the course of the podcast. I mean, because they actually reach across half of this table. <laughs> Like, it's impossible not to know. Yes. <laughs> I'm not self-conscious about that at all, dude. Thanks, nor, man. nor should you be. How about you tell me about the Potter Rankin Raffle? Yeah. <laughs> 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 but it was just so for Jay Hayden's box of latex gloves they put a, a, a label on it that said like totally average totally normal gloves oh, yeah. it, was, it was really great it was amazing <laughs> it was really funny it was really funny um, but yeah so hell couldn't be in the title MPA wouldn't allow it ridiculous um, there's another an obvious what? dick joke can be the MPA wouldn't allow hell to be in the title Man, different times. <laughs> yeah. Different times. It's insane. So they literally forced them to change it to a dick joke, which is just 
I mean, you know why? It's, it's also, I think. Yeah, please. All right. So th- I'm trying to think. Like, of course, there are movies with hell in the title before that. Well, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Yeah. So the reason I think is because they still had this idea. There was kids. Was it? I think it's because that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because like it's. I mean, what was watching it is again as as we were watching. I just kept thinking different time, different time, different time. Yeah. But there, I, and and I I remember. I think a lot of people were upset because they felt like it was a bait and switch. I felt like they were trying. Some people would villainize it, say you're trying to draw in kids to see it, yep. to 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 um uh, uh I don't know, warp their minds or to feed them this garbage. But it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Having watched it and hear us talk about it, it almost feels like... I hate it when people do this. It almost feels like Shakespeare, just in the sense that every character is just saying exactly. There's very, there's not an, there's not any subtext in this film. Yeah, like, no, there, there really is. There isn't any. Everyone is, is just like, this is exactly yeah. how I feel in this moment, and I'm saying it. Well, and yeah, which is kind, of, which is kind of amazing and and revelatory in its own right. You don't, yeah, I mean, Shakespeare, but I feel like, but that. I feel like Matt and Trey are always like, hey, we're we're, we're saying the thing. Yeah, I, we're know, not mincing words. We're not trying to like come at it a different way. They're like, this is how it is. We don't like big yeah. gates. How do you know? We shot him in the <laughs> fucking head. You know? <laughs> There's no subtlety. It's like I know exactly how they feel about gates. I know how they feel about Saddam Hussein. I like. I know yeah. how they feel about everything. And then even then, remember when we we're watching it, we're like, that was that was before nine yeah. eleven. I know that was before Which Saddam Hussein was killed. Before Saddam. I, I think that what's interesting too is, and and listen, we could talk for three talk hours about just about the. Just about the MPAA, but I do think that there's something to this idea of why one joke is okay and why another joke isn't. A perfect example is Cartman's mom in the internet video that we don't see. Originally, she was fucking a horse. And the MPAA was like, no, you can't, you can't even imply bestiality. So instead, she's shit on by a German. Now, I don't necessarily know what's like why why is that okay and this isn't okay like these lines that they draw in the sand i just find sort of arbitrary it's it's not a lot different than some laws in this country just saying absolutely Mm -hmm. but it's like the one of the one of the lines in fight club that was a big deal was after she had sex with uh tyler durden she says i haven't been fucked like that since grade school the original line was i want to have your abortion i want to have your abortion and I want to have your abortion was the one taken out, and I and haven't been fucked like that since grade, grade school. school was the one put that's in, kept in. There's one that's way more offensive <laughs> to me, and I think it's the latter. Not even a question. And yet, that's it's just it's very strange to me why they draw these lines and why they that's think. But so is it strange? Crazy. 
Are you? Is it strange? I know why they're drawing lines. You know why they're drawing the lines. Yeah, you know who the religion? People, because the people drawing the lines. Yes, <laughs> because the people drawing the lines. Religion, yeah. though, it's all it's all it's all it's religious all based religious, in that yeah. sect of the country that are yeah. that want their guns and it's um, just well, yeah, those that, that elected that elected Trump and not everybody that elected Trump loves guns and is is super right and 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 uh, and, and, and blindly takes the text of the bible literally that's yeah. on everyone but i mean we know those people have always existed we know why they would say i just never understood censorship i guess well, i just never really understood what you're getting out of it and i don't mean to be glib i'm genuinely saying that like i don't know what the end game is for someone the, that says right, they so don't want to take say. the it, i think south park hits it in the head again i think blame well i'd love kyle's mom a bitch but as a whole i think blame canada would be like my i think the best song in it because they're just saying because i don't want to take the responsibility of actually having to sit down and explain the world that's interesting don't i don't want them to see dicks you can see someone getting their head chopped off but i don't want you to see a dick they have more questions about that yeah. why did he chop his head off he's a bad man he shot him he's dead you, you know but it's still horrible and vi- like but you don't want to have to explain all, all of these things you don't have to sit through that because maybe you're repressed in terms of your sexuality i think uh-huh. that goes into the culture of like you know what people feel and they don't want to have that kind of whatever would have you but I think that's the main reason why those things are put in, into place because at the end of the day, you would have to talk to someone about it. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have a conversation about it if there's a horse there. You'd yeah. have to have a conversation. It was like, well, what's an abortion? Well, you don't have to have a conversation about great – like. But Okay, but that, that sort of takes me back to sort of my original question, which is if we're not talking about these things, if we're not having conversations about this and, – and if nothing else, if nothing else, South Park is a conversation starter and a conversation piece, which again, definitely part of their intent, right? Which is we're just going to put this out there and then you're going to have to fucking talk, talk about, about it. it. And I think that's great. But I just, I guess I come back to the same question, which is what good comes from a lack of conversation? What good comes from a lack of actually having these conversations? All right. So I think that, I I think there's a little different point about this specific movie and kind of commercial art altogether. Nobody's actually censoring South Park in real life, right? No, with the exception of potentially Paramount and Warner Brothers (laughs) who who made the movie. Sure. And the, the the MPAA has no jurisdiction over this movie except to put a little tag under it that says who can see it in right. the theater, right? If Matt and Trey wanted to go out and push for the NC-17, the version they wanted to do, they could have. They were only censored in so much as this is the version that Paramount and Warner Brothers wanted to put out to make some money. So that's the that's the answer to your question to, to me. Like why is there censorship? It's because Paramount and Warner Brothers ultimately decided – that they need to earn back their money on this movie, and this is how you're going to do it. So you think it's always money? I think it's uh, when it comes to yeah. actual censorship. Yes, I think it's always really? money. Okay. When it comes to I'm, ad- I'm, when it comes to actual ad- the, the actual ability to censor when it when it becomes not about money. Right. That's when I would be very scared because when it becomes about a place, propaganda, propaganda, or just if if the government started to say you are not allowed to say this, right? It's right. true. That would be very scary. The government's basically like you can say whatever you want. There are just there's the consequences, and con- you won't make money. It's yeah, true. The capital consequences. There are some, you know, social consequences to that. But you can say what you want. So I, I think to some extent, like I'm okay with kind of the system as it stands. I think it's ludicrous that yeah. the that the MPAA <laughs> said essentially, you know, do this, this, and this to get your R rating. And I think it's ludicrous that you have people like I mean, milk milk really made this point about um, how gay people were just being uh, protested for the simple fact that they were gay, okay. right? Just for existing. Yeah. And I think that's really horrible and scary. But for the most part, at least today, the government doesn't say gay acts are 
not not legal. It's right. psychos <clears throat> and monsters. Well, are, certain states. There there are still laws on the books that are that are not enforced, which is insane, insane. to me. No, but that, but, but yeah. I mean, but that's the the scary thing about it is like my sister's a lawyer, and I remember. <clears throat> When I was younger, I'd visit her and she'd just tell me all of the laws that you could be arrested for in New York. You can be arrested for putting a bag on a subway car next to you in New York City. A cop can legitimately walk up to you and not say anything and arrest you for that. You could be arrested for if you are on a bicycle or any type of wheeled vehicle going the opposite direction of traffic. If you happen to have a wheeled vehicle on the side. Like these are all things that they can legitimately mm-hmm. arrest you and prosecute mm-hmm. you for. So, I mean, the scary thing about that is – Though it's not enforced, they're still there. So yeah. someone can enforce them. I think there's like another crazy law. I forget what state where you can't stick your tongue out at a police officer. There are a lot like, of laws like that. But, that but are, I mean, that. but I mean, so I mean, and I, and I think what the scary thing is that people are like, yeah, 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 but no one's enforcing it. But I'm like, no, 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 no. That's it's there. It shouldn't be there. And the people are saying, don't worry about it. We're not enforcing it because they want to be able. To, they want that card to play at some point. I think you're. I think you're totally right. I do, and I, I think that's dangerous. I think, I think, I think totally it's dangerous. Right. So like, you, it it should not be an option. It's yeah, you true. take the car off the table yeah. because as long as it's there, I'm now relying on your, on your uh, goodwill, on on your subjectivity to not play that card. I'm not trying to do that shit. Slavery was a real ass thing, man. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you know, I'm not yeah. relying on anyone's like, yeah. moral compass. Take that shit off the table. Yeah, you extrapolate that to what's happening like right now at the border. Yeah. Versus what literally Paul Ryan said yesterday about Irish immigrants. Oh, this is fucking insane. You know, it is select- I didn't even, I don't even, what he's is he trying saying? to pass a thing for Irish immigrants. He's just trying to get Irish immigrants visas, which like is, is because he's, because he has Irish heritage, which like <laughs> in and of itself yeah. is fine if you enforce the laws equally to every, equally yeah. for everybody, but that's sure. not what's happening. It's your exact <laughs> point, kind of writ large and taken to a place that's very dangerous. So I think you – no, know, I totally agree with you on that. But I, I think that's kind of – back to the censorship point, um, I do think that for the most part, it really is just corporations who are censoring it. And that's it's just true. people who are that's trying true. to get a return on their investments. That sounds fair. And I do have a big problem with this idea of like – all right. So back to why was the abortion thing taken <laughs> off the table but the pedophilia yeah. thing was okay? It's really because of who they're afraid of, and they're afraid of the religious, or they used to be. Yeah. Now, frankly, people are afraid of the other side now. Yeah, you know, people are more afraid of the other side, our side. Um, and I'm not particularly upset about that because that stuff does fucking offend me. And I do think that something should not necessarily be off the table, but there should be some consequences for like Kevin Hart saying his joke. And I'm not saying he should have been dropped from the Oscars. I am saying that he should be made to apologize, which he was, which he was. And that he, was a and very he, weird thing. And he did. He did. He did. He but did. after. After taking himself out of the running, he no, he apologized. no, no, but he did before. Like he had, like when it was first, he had already apologized. And he was like, "Why am I apologizing again?" He was basically there's a, there's a whole other yeah there's a whole thing with Kevin Hart basically, which is like it seems pretty clear to me that he's just like this is a whole bunch of bullshit that I even have to fucking talk about this again. And he took himself out of the and like and thing, I agree. But, both I actually just had a discussion with Jason George about this. Like and I and like I understand that sentiment because yeah. it's just kind of like. I and I also think that comedians need to be like like that's their we know what their job is mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like if we can excuse cops for using excessive force and killing innocent people you're like well that's the job like comedians say shitty things leave them the fuck like I think he also probably saw like this is only going to get worse I'm just gonna get, I just want to get out of this it's just it's it's not going to be worth it I don't need this my career is flying high right now like. Why am I going to get into the mud with all this craziness? And I mean, I'm not condoning any of it. I just think the whole thing was a little bit weird. But 
Me too. That being said, uh, you mentioned corporations. So I just wanted to very quickly, this is a totally arcane, weird piece of trivia that I read about on South Park that I found sort of fascinating. And uh, th- uh, let's uh, shout, out, shout out to Phil for just keeping us on task. Just constantly bringing us what he does. Back. I mean, I just want to just say shout out because yeah. we're going on 10 Thanks, and, and you have a good way of bringing it back. You're not like, hey, shut the fuck up, guys. We got to talk about this show. <laughs> right. No, really. It's like well, I'm I, not I, being I, a I dick right that. now. I'm being very serious. He's a it's pro. Like, you're just like, you're like let's yeah. just bring it on, let's just bring <laughs> it on back because I know Phil, he's like, I got somewhere to be. That's not. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> But he's um, like, I got a day to finish. So let's just bring it back. <laughs> so this film was a joint production of Paramount and Warner Brothers <clears throat> because Comedy Central, a network behind the parent series, was at the time a joint venture of the studio's respective parent companies, which is Viacom and Time Warner. That's interesting. Though the former now fully owns Comedy Central, its purchase of Time Warner's share in 2003 did not include Warner Brothers' ownership share in South Park, in the film South Park. In fact, until 2013, Warner Brothers retained the rights to co-produce any sequels to this film with Paramount, giving up the rights in order to co-produce Interstellar. Oh, that's an so, I love corporate trades. That's what I love about it. I do. It. I think corporate trades are so Where they basically are like, well, we want a piece of Interstellar, and who the fuck knows if we're ever getting another South Park sequel. So we're going to put this on the table. And I think that's, I, I don't know. I, think I also weird. think that it's amazing that Paramount was like, deal. Yeah. I mean, they're I th- like, ooh, yeah, we want South Park back. Cool. <laughs> you know? Well, there's just, and, and, and Warner like Brothers just being like, I think it was clear. That Warner Brothers, so Chris Nolan's deal was with Warner Brothers, or not deal, but was, has made films with Warner Brothers. They didn't want to lose what Chris Nolan wanted to make. And Paramount, I believe, owned a piece of Interstellar, or the script of Interstellar, which had been kicked around town for many years. So it was a, an opportunity to appease Chris Nolan, which is worth more to them than the potential of South Park sure. sequel rights. So I get it, but it's just... It's I'm just, just like wondering on like... The Paramount, like, I guess they really wanted stuff. They well, Paramount just needs franchises, <laughs> so they kind of they might be just looking at it and saying, like, maybe it is weird to, <laughs> to see this movie and have that Paramount title card come up yeah. and think, oh my god, Paramount used to like do shit. And they used to make stuff. That, like, oh, that's people so mean. About. I want, I want to work at Paramount. <laughs> I, like, like, I, think, I mean, I, I I'll just be very man, clear. Really, like, I'm trying to. Think. I was there, like, I'm really trying to think. Paramount like, still has Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible. which is huge. Yeah. Kenny's favorite franchise. Yeah, um, he hates Mission Impossible. Um, <laughs> so they've still got. But s- you've watched every one because you hate it that much. No. You know when you really hate something that you will watch it. Are you that kind of hate or of like a? I don't like think a, you've seen a lot of them. I've hate. I hated the first uh, very much. Uh, <laughs> now, I, now is this Mission Impossible or Tom Cruise? I love Tom. Mm, Cruise. He loves Tom Cruise. Love okay. Tom he just Cruise. doesn't like espionage in foreign countries. That's right. I think. I think. They're very, <laughs> I think they're very boring and repetitive. But so I've seen the first one. The second one, I actually think it's is not like kind of my favorite. Um, the second one's your favorite? I just love John Woo and I love that. I love John Woo. I love the soundtrack. It's not really my favorite. I think they're all. You just bucket. love that I Limp think they're All garbage song. You just love Limp Bizkit doing the Oh, I, I actually theme? think that's pretty good. <laughs> but um, no, I love. Uh, fun fact shout out to Limp Bizkit. I fucking love Limp Bizkit. <laughs> All the shit they did with like Rolling, Method Man. What year was that? Is that also? Uh, Method Man. That's the early 2000s. Oh, early 2000s. What was the Method Man? Not far off. (laughs) Um, All in together. All all in together. Remember they had a series of music videos that was like a story? I loved it. Yeah, they wore red together. Keep rolling, rolling. I I loved that shit, Yeah, The Undertaker came out to that. He sure did. He sure did. On the Smine Motorcycle. Don't go down the road. Durst is a weird guy to begin with. Like, Durst, like he, there's this thing about Durst in Hollywood. 
which is like there's this weird undercurrent of this idea that like Fred Durst actually is really smart. Yeah. You, you've seen that. You've, you've heard this. I've heard this. Like Fred Durst is actually made really a movie smart or something. and Fred Durst has like a really good movie in him. Yeah. Like he keeps getting these weird chances like direct movies. I think he's directed two because he was – whatever. Point being – we got pretty far afield. Mission Impossible, not my favorite. Uh, have seen four of them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I hated the Fast and I Furious films until I realized I watched all of them and I love them. I, oh, really? I, You're on board with Fast and Furious now? I am because they just said, hey, we're not going to be anything other than what we are. Like the, like one of the films, the, the Rock literally picks up a human being sideways. Like just casually sideways, like a shield. I love and beats pe- and beats another guy with. I'm like, it's a superhero film, but not. Yeah, and I'm about it. I love those movies. It's they're so ridiculous. I, I love the first one. They the first For one the is right like the reasons. only genuine film they yeah. made. After I'll, that, they're like, let's just go there, guys. I love that shit. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm down. I love that shit. Put in whatever. I, pop I have no culture. perspective on. on Nobody the has the movie. guts to do that. It's so cool when you're like, all right. So basically, around fast. Fast and Furious, but Fast Four, mm-hmm. they kind of realize this formula that they're like, wait, 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 people are going to let us do this? People are going to go with that? People are going to go with this? People are going to go with this? They're they just kept going farther and plot. farther. It is time to do Fast and Furious in space, and I'm not even kidding. They, they are. will do it. They're going to oh, do it. Go. Is it actually, are they actually doing it? I, be- I believe. Well, I they're doing it. a spinoff with what's their, with Statham the fucking Statham and Rock. And I think if that works, which I imagine it will, then work. all bets are off. And then fucking Gal Gadot be in space or something like that. She's not going back to that. Another she's spinoff tangent thing right now. She's graduated. She's moved past this. She can't afford her. You realize Bumblebee? Is like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that movie is going to be. Um, I good. saw the preview. It looks I'm amazing. I'm with you. I don't I'm watch previews, but I'm very good at seeing a preview of a film and knowing if it's if it's going to be well or not. There's no empirical evidence to support this other than mm-hmm. me saying it. I'm just going to say that, but it's true. So believe me. <laughs> um, I mean, Trump has set a precedent, so why not? I'll just yeah, take it. And if it's possible, I'm just going to say it's true. I believe you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, Bumble. But I, I'm not surprised. Bumblebee is absolutely remarkable. It looked remarkable. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm. I don't really love the Transformers movies, but they are a First Paramount franchise. Oh, that's true. Um, but see? He just did it again. Did <laughs> yeah. you guys see that? Yeah. He just did it. He literally just did the thing I said. We're talking about it, and then he just brought it right back yeah. to Paramount. And bringing it back to Paramount, he's going to tie it right back into South Park. And, and I'm that, the opposite. I'm trying to take it so far away. I'm like, does, can we no, talk about I'm Bumblebee? the same way. I'm like, <laughs> cool. never, I'm down for that, right? Yeah. What? You want to talk about seahorses and jam? He doesn't love. But I've never met a tangent. you never met a tangent you don't love. I'll go anywhere. I'll go anywhere. But yeah. like, it's like it's like a master class. He just yeah, it brought is. it. So um we should probably just coast through the plot of this movie real quick, or at least just hit some of the songs. We already have go song by but, song. I well that's, that's what I was actually to gonna do. do. Yeah. I think that's a good way to do it. Um so Uncle Fucker opens our film basically. Um well, Mountain Town. After Mountain Town. Oh, you're right. Mountain Town is the first song. I, I apologize. Mountain Town is actually a great song. Yeah. <laughs> um and Mountain Town's great. Also because it sets everything up. No it's, cursing. It's a classic musical. And there's no cursing this year. There's no cursing. They established the world before the film, yeah. clearly. Yes. You get to know all of the characters, even if you're not familiar with them and their points of view and how it's they really feel. Smart. It's 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 but that's a musical. It's like yeah. they have a nice overture, mm-hmm. they set up the t- they set everything up wonderfully, and we'll go ahead. Well, the other thing is the jokes are very of the show. Mm-hmm. Right? They step over the homeless guy, that's mm-hmm. of the show. Like things are a little darker than you think they are. They call it the town a redneck town. Mm-hmm. Redneck's yeah. obviously not a nice word, but it's not. 
fucker. You know, <laughs> so like it's it's very Beauty and the Beast. It's, it's very Belle yes, running, yes, running yes, through the yes, town yes, yes. and that whole thing. Then another yeah. nod. That's their other nod. Yeah. It's a and it's there's something really beautiful about the animation. I mean, I know we're there I know we're is. shitting on the animation, but like this isn't construction paper stuff. This no. was done with this was done mm-hmm. with 3D yeah. computer animation. It looks really nice. It feels right. I also love the crossfade from the Paramount Mountain to their mountain to the South yeah. Park Mountain. Yeah. Like it feels right. There's something that feels really great about yeah. that moment. And also, I agree. at South Park, the show had some songs, like enough yeah. that, enough that like yeah. the diehards were comfortable with with music. But this feels like something bigger and more important, bigger, longer, and uncut. Yeah, and perhaps uncut, all of like those a movie. Things. Yeah, and um. And it sets you up perfectly for the next song. It really does. I mean, so basically, we meet our three kids. We meet Stan, Kenny, Kyle, and Eric. They're going to see a movie. They want to see the new Terrence and Phillip film. Yes. And called Stan's Little Brother. Fire. And Stan's Who's Little Canadian. Brother. What is this? Well, What's it's a this? foreign film from Canada. It's uh, from Canada. Uh, What's the kid's name? Ike. 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 Yeah. So they go see the movie. Uh, they pay a homeless man to get them into the movie. Um, I want to make one more point here. Okay, sure. I don't know if this was established in the show, South Park. And I'm sure diehards can can shit on me for this i don't know if the floppy headed thing was introduced before this or in this movie i don't i watched south for canadian yeah if it was always this idea that i thought it was just another like kind of person right and so i and ike has always looked like that but i didn't know if they if, they, if it was clear that ike was it was a canadian adopted baby or if that was just like a baby or if terrence and philip were canadians or i thought that they were cartoon I don't, characters i don't know enough frank canon so. i was pretty sure they were yeah, cartoon yeah, characters i was a diehard with, fan before the film yeah I, I think they were i think they were cartoon characters within the world like itchy and scratchy mm. and i'd be sh- i'd be shocked if it didn't mesh with canon i guess is what i'm getting at like i i imagine that they found a way to kind of fold it all together i i, I think it's easy i think you just have terrence Phillip on tv and, and then Phillip whenever you show any other canadian just have that floppy headed yeah, which is uh, what they did yeah, yeah. i can, think you're can, a racist sir. Can I finish? that is can racist racist ma'am excuse me um so they pay a homeless man to go see the movie and then we get uncle fucker which is I mean, it's, it's, I don't even really know. It's just the best. It's just the best. Um, it's, it's one of the best movie moments in the history of cinema. Because it is just, and it's just uh, a welcome, it's and it's a good song. Fine. Shut your fucking face. I mean, it's just the best. It's a good, the it's melody the is great. The good song is good. Yeah. The, the, the orchestration is really great. It's arranged really well. Like yeah. that fart scene is just like a really wicked, yeah. like, oh my God, the fart dancing. I hate them too. And it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, the farting the tap dancing. The farting tap dancing sequence. It's just, yeah, I don't know. So uh, the following day, boys go to school. They're swearing in class. And Mr. McKay, the school counselor, informs their parents. It becomes a whole big deal, obviously. Um, I love that Cartman's mom is so sexually adventurous, I guess. Or I don't know what the it's right so term cool, is. Cool, plain. But it's just, and I mean, one of my favorite lines in it is, Mom, you tell me if you're in a German scheiße film with me. It's just... It's, Sure. <laughs> it's just, it's fantastic. Another thing I love about South Park is all the adults are total fucking garbage. Yes. <laughs> um, but they're different brands of garbage. Yeah. Right? Like, Except for Chef. Chef is okay. He's the magical Negro. Yes. Well, that's 100% He's, true. Yeah. So you go to him and he gives him like advice. He's their that, father figure. He's he the is, best father figure. But he's figure. still like the problem solving. Like, oh, I know. True. And I'll Always drop was. the knowledge and give you the thing. And I yeah. wonder if that's part, if they were like, we're going to just touch upon this trope. Like they're always going to, there's uh, some help. Yeah. Who's a dark person who's just gonna like really help the guide them in the ways that their parents couldn't because they're neglecting them. So But I don't I mean in this movie, uh 
when he tells Stan that the the way to get a girlfriend is to find the clitoris, I'm not sure he's trying to be helpful there. I think he's just he's like, oh, never mind, sorry, I I misspoke, and then Stan's just looking for a clitoris I all, think he's all trying movie. To be helpful. Mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> and I think it is a magical Negro trope, mm-hmm. and I think okay. that no, I well, do, it's kind of kind of. I'm like, not saying it's not. It's, it's kind of like, but it's almost like that uncle who would like say some shit, and you're like, I mean, like you shouldn't say that. <laughs> you shouldn't say that to a yeah. kid, but also not false. You know, right? Like every that uncle, adult that's like you're yeah. not wrong, right? Every uncle who says stay single until you're forty, you know, like that's not a great thing to say, yeah. but, but it's not false. But like, it's not. I, I understand when he's. I understand. What I understand he's the saying. sentiment. As someone of like, who's take been your with time. Twenty five. Yeah. I understand what he's. You know, you don't just really kidding, know. Just and, kidding. Um, just joking. The music video for Uncle Fucker that shot like a Puff Daddy. Uh, so good with the fisheye lens, and that it's just it's fantastic. Uh, it, it's just it's fantastic. Um, Kenny immolates himself by lighting his fart on fire uh, and dies. The fire Ass is a fire. As is a fire. The fire is like 3D animation mm-hmm. too. Like they actually spent money on all the fire effects. All the all hell, the hell stuff, stuff is really like impressively done. Good for them. No, I'm, I'm that's yeah, I'm, good for them in that like that's not that's not the joke of this movie. The joke of this movie isn't we're gonna put something cheap on screen. The joke is like we I get agree. it. You paid fucking money for this movie. Like we're Paramount and Warner Brothers. We can. But we're show making you some a movie. Shit. Yeah, I think that's the joke. Is like, hey guys, we're actually making a really well crafted film, and the yeah. music is really good and thought out and constructed yeah. well, um, and and just hidden underneath the guise of lots of swearing. And yeah, that. and you and like and the dummies are just gonna. Fo- it's almost like bait. Yeah. yeah, it's like you're just gonna almost oh, and like everyone takes the fucking. Baby. It's almost like what the all because I, I follow a Twitter account and this person kind of compiles all of the crazy Trump stuff, but he's a pro Trump person, mm-hmm. so like he will retweet all the crap. But um, one thing that I find is that that side, let's say the extreme right, yeah, they love to to bait. It's the same thing. They'll just throw something out like yeah. all gays are the, or something purposefully just debate people like, what the hell? What's, what's going on? And all that crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I bet it, those the, people the, are South Park fans, by and, the way. Well, the other thing too is that I'm not kidding. I bet those people are South Park and fans. And they're misinterpreting everything. I, yes. I think, yes, I think they've yeah. learned, I think they've learned the wrong lessons yes, from South Park. I agree. And I think they think, I think they think uh, Matt and Trey are like the king trolls when they're not. Not. They're not. That's, like, it's satire. I don't know who the king troll is in, in 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 mainstream pop culture. Trump right now. Well, yeah, he is the king troll. He's the king. He's he the actually, lord of trolls. Yeah, he made his fucking bones being the king troll. Yeah, it's true. President troll. Um. So, but and uh, that being said, Sheila, the pa- uh, Cartman's Sheila mom, Barlowski. Yes, Bar-Flosky. Kyle's mom, Cosmo, the Jew. Yeah. Um. Takes the bait. Hundred percent. And then we now have the parents boycotting Canada and Terrence and Philip because of this movie. Um, then we have uh, Stan asking Shelly, the babysitter, where the clitoris is, and she hits him with a chair. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Terrence and Philip on Conan. And I still think this is, and I, I mentioned this when we watched it, but one of my favorite moments is Brooke Shields saying that she farted once on the set of uh, Blue Lagoon. And then and after this long, perfect pause, Terrence slaps her. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking amazing. I, when we watched it, you lost your shit. Yeah. It's, it's so best. shocking. I don't know why it's so great, but I fucking love it. I love their, and they, South Park has done this their whole run. The randomness of their targets, yeah. like Brooke, Brooke Shields. Who's Brooke Shields? Anyone <laughs> or Winona Ryder? Who's Winona Ryder? Yeah. Anyone? But the randomness of their celebrity targets is so fun to me in its own weird way, which is essentially, you know, 
the part of the mission statement I derided a little bit, I also think it's is legitimate, which is like they're all phonies. Yeah. It doesn't matter who we pick. Like they've all done stupid shit. And even Conan to that extent. You know, like yeah. why Conan and, and not another guy? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could have been anyone. Literally, that joke could have played with anyone. But it's But I also feel like then that's that's them saying this is a joke. I feel like that's the way of saying like these are our jokes and this is our commentary. So we're gonna pick someone that you have no point of view which way about. Totally. So you can't say it's like what is the sub there is no subtext. It's Brooke Shields, who cares? Like it's right <laughs> one. You well, know what I there mean? There is that too. You know, like, I yeah. feel like that's part of it, like, okay, these are clear jokes, and then they have like really pointed things that they yeah. do to say, okay, now this is us kind of commenting on something. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Bill Clinton announces that the United States has declared war on Canada because of Terrence and Phillip, and they'll be executed at a USO show. Um, Do we think that Bill Clinton? I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm not making a joke. Do we think Bill Clinton would have really done whatever the real world version of this is? Do we think mm-hmm. Bill Clinton would have been so? No. Mm-mm. No. No. He's not that guy. Okay. I, I think he I, got topped off in the White House. Let's be real. The dude's pretty chill. <laughs> Like he's pretty, he's a pretty chill motherfucker. I, I mean, he just. I also feel like he just. He wasn't the only time he really went to war was to distract people from the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Uh, so cynical. I don't like that reading, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it feels just, a little true. Yeah, I just don't buy that. But okay. okay. Uh, oh, sorry. Canada retaliates by bombing the residence of the Baldwin brothers. That's what sets us great. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Targeted so- hit. Targeted yeah. it. Uh, I also got to say, Stan puking on Winding never gets old. It never gets Every old. Every time he does it. Because and she, they do it at the end when they should be kissing. It's so good. And she's like, <laughs> I just, I love it so much. And I also like love the piece the, of vomit that just stays uh, on her face. Yeah. It's just great. Is, um, so then they, uh, they doc, a doctor implants the V chip into Cartman so that he can't swear anymore. Um, gives him a shock every time he swears. Then we get, why would Brian Botano do? What would he do? No, oh, you, you miss Kenny going to hell. I mean, that's it's, James Hetfield singing. Yeah. You're going to hell, little boy. Sorry. It's it's at the awesome. very beginning after he sets his fart on fire. Mm-hmm. I apologize. He goes to hell at that point. It's so I did skip it. good. Like I don't know. I you're love going to hell, boy. You're going to hell, little boy. It's it's fantastic. And population for heaven was like less than two thousand people. And then the population, population for hell was like it's, literally like nine hundred yeah. trillion. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh-huh. And still counting. It's still, still counting. Yeah, everyone yeah. goes to hell. I think that's another point they're making, which is like. No one's going to matter how fucking yeah, good you are, how fucking hard you try. So you know true. how fucking perfect you have to be. Like literally over the course of human history, two thousand people have been good enough to go to heaven. <laughs> Barely. Which I yeah, like. Not amazing. even, right? Not even. And not even this little boy. This uh, poor little boy who's done but, nothing. Speaking of how back in hell, Satan declares that if the blood of the two innocent Canadians touches American soil, he will invade Earth. I also love that they're innocent Canadians. They're innocent. Sure, they're the innocent. film is saying like they are totally innocent. Yeah. They're innocent. Well, that's the other thing that that this film unfortunately kind of touches on that speaks to today is the whole immigrant other of it all. And this idea of mm-hmm. borders and keeping people out and you're not one of us. That, and, blame, that and blaming them for and the issues that, that have existed exactly. that have nothing to do with them. That exactly. Thing. I and, mean, and they're so lucky right. that Canada exists because <laughs> Canada is the perfect way to encapsulate this feeling in a way that people will really understand the ridiculousness of it. Like Canada yeah. is no it's different so from harmless. Mexico. No it's so from, harmless. It's They're all harmless. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying Syria is harmless or North Korea, but like most of these fucking countries I mean, Mexico are harmless. Is. They're yeah. not out to fucking get, they have their own problems. Yeah. But I mean like, and when That's I say crazy. so harmless, I don't mean to say like dealers? the other countries are harmless, but I mean in view of things, like in view of things, they are harm. Like in the, in the, uh, I guess the zeitgeist or in the public opinion, 
the joke is Canada's harmless as fuck. Yeah. That's like the yeah. that's a common theme. And they're not even a real country anyway. They're not I mean, even a real country anymore. No. I'm not saying that. I'm fuck quoting the show, by the way. Anybody who wants to take this out of context, I'm just quoting the show when yeah. I say they're not that's a real a country yeah. anyway. I'm not yeah. actually saying yeah. they're not a real country. No, no, no. Anyway. We all heard you. <laughs> <laughs> well, How is it? Yes, I'm never hosting the Oscars. <laughs> we have a real life Canadian. Never hosting here. anything. We do have a real life Canadian. We have a real life Canadian here. And I, I, I don't mean to call you out, Phil. Yeah, please. But I always do when we discuss this. Thing. And guys, I'm not kidding. His head flops when he talks. It does. I mean, it's yeah. super weird. Yeah, it's weird. Beady eyes it's, and floppy it's, heads. It's super weird. It, like, it detaches <laughs> right. and, it, and right. it flops. And like you can see everything. Like where it's his weird. tongue connects to his esophagus. You can head. see the back of his molars. All yeah. of that stuff. It's his really spinal weird, fluid. It's weird. <laughs> but it does disconnect. But it also goes right back normally. It goes right Every back. Every time he stops and reattaches. talking, it's just like he's any other guy. Like you can't even see a line where it detached. It's just yep. kind of really remarkable. So as a real life floppy headed Canadian. Yes. Um, whenever we talk about this, I do sense a little bit of like, fuck off guys. <laughs> like a little bit of like, well, like, fuck you guys. Like, I, like mean, I get it. Like, I, I feel like there's a little bit of like Brooke Shields being like, fuck did I ever do? Well, how do you feel? <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I, I think that, that, uh, like, what is this I, all about? As a, oh, as a Canadian, <laughs> um, the other thing too is we could have done better, man. We're, we're, I could have done better. I could have done it in context. I could have just gone right to it. You yeah, should've, you should have saved it. Well, when later. he goes, he goes. What did he say? He goes honest, honestly. What's how do you do? How do you do? Say honestly. Honestly. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Uh, long story short, I don't think that that. I mean, I think that Canadians, to a certain extent, definitely feel this. Like we're bullied, you know. Like you guys are the popular kids, and we're smarter. But you guys are like cooler, <laughs> and like that's just what it is. Well, now that you got and everyone that, wants to hang out with you guys rather than hang sexy, out with Canadians. That hot, sexy, uh, 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 what is, yeah, the prime tri- minister. Uh, tri- oh yeah, jo- Justin Trudeau. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's. I, I, listen, I don't think that that any, any Canadian is really looking for a fight, which is the other thing too. I think that that's why this is perfect. You know what I mean? There is something so perfect about picking Canada because. Like Canada's the last place that wants to fight for any of these things. It's also interesting too that like they fight Canada, but they don't really fight. Like you don't actually see a depiction of Canada in this movie in a weird way. You don't. I mean, short of Terrence and Philip, you don't actually see a Canadian soldiers. You don't actually see. They don't actually go at the obvious Canadian jokes. I guess in, in, in the war out. scene, didn't you see? Yeah. You saw Canadians like when they're fight when they the- right. But it's it's. I guess my point is you're not seeing. They're not going after the obvious tropes of of Canada. You're not Aside seeing aside from moose that hockey hullabaloo and, and that bitch Ann Murray too. They really that's stay kind of that's they really yeah. stay off of Canada. That's my kind of my point. The whole point is that there's like the whole point. It's of not about is, Canada. It's nothing to do with Canada. All right, guys. Do you get that? Do you understand? Yeah. Phil? No, we it's not fully understand. It's not you. It's me. <clears throat> it's actually us. It's not you. It's me. Okay, it's and I'm sorry. So later, it's never about you. Kenny's ghost shows up and visits Cartman and tells him, warns him of the consequences of executing Terrence and Philip. Uh, and then, after failing to convince their parents, the boys decide to take matters in their own hands. They create the La La response. Uh, we also just skipped. It's easy, okay. A great song. Great song. A great song. I love Mr. McKay because. He's the only one who doesn't talk down to the kids. Mm-hmm. He's it's a weird character for this show, but it, I, I feel he I, really I, tries to help them. Yeah, I feel good in his presence. Like, all right, he gets the real life. Very soothing. Yeah, he like he in, in a way the Garrison yeah. doesn't. Garrison is a mm-hmm. total piece of shit. But like, 
McKay always seems to be like, all right, I get it. Your fucking lives are really hard. Like, let's, let's, let's figure, figure this out. Yeah. Like, he, we'll get through this. Yeah. We'll get yeah. through this. Yeah. It's easy, MK. MK is a good song. It's perfect. It's perfect. When we were watching it, I remember you're singing almost everywhere. I love I love it. I listen to that song it, a lot. It goes. Cosmo yeah. Bit La Resistance, but it's, it's just funny because he's just saying all the things that are, like all these words, the kids are singing them in, in his way of helping them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of like... <laughs> he doesn't get them to stop at all. They no. They never take no. his advice. No. Uh, we're now uh, introduced to... Um, they form the resistance, and Gregory tells Stan to recruit a God-hating French expert on covert affairs named The Mole. Mm-hmm. The Mole's fantastic. Um, he hates God. He hates everything. Uh, they infiltrate the USO show. The Mole is discovered and killed by guard dogs, even though he specifically says to Cartman, please don't let me be attacked by guard dogs. I hate guard dogs. <laughs> and then he's killed by Kurt <laughs> And they're all third graders. So I keep forgetting that. Yeah. It's, and he gets really like crazy. He, there's that whole line about like his mom tried to kill him with a, when he was in utero with a hanger. hanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was she and careful then, when she stabbed me in the heart of the clothes hanger in, in her womb? And then he like digs a hole and then Kyle turns. He's like, that kid's really fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. He's seen some shit. Oh, it's great. I don't, it's funny. I literally typed, apropos of what you were saying, I was like, I'm not sure what Winona Ryder did to incur the wrath of Trey and Matt, but like, why did they go at her for the ping pong ball joke? Why not? I mean, but they've, I, yeah. they've, but they've ridden her since, right? They, she comes Has she up, been in it again? Probably. I don't no? know. I don't, know. It, was I don't just, know. it was just for the ping pong. I felt like she was one of the, the people that they keep. I didn't like watch Hasselhoff. it. Hasselhoff. Like a Hasselhoff or like a Martha Stewart or like a, uh, um, who was another person? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. R. Kelly. They go up to the same yeah, uh, 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 Christopher Reeves. Yeah. They, oh. Yeah. They really just, they really don't care. Uh, yeah. Good for that. The remaining boys attempt to warn their parents about the killing Terrence and Philip and what that will mean. Um, Mr. Garrison activates the electric chair. I kind of love that Terrence and Philip laugh as they're being electrocuted. Like they just think it's funny. Uh, the Canadian force attacks the base and a battle ensues between the two armies. I got to say, and I said this to you earlier. I also feel like Terrence and Philip is trained. Matt, Matt, Matt. Yes. Trained. Yeah. Yeah. It is. For sure. Yeah. Uh, how violent the war stuff is. Like they go, it's really bloody and it's really yeah. brutal. Uh, um, that's something I notice a lot of animation they do. Yes. Like a lot of adult animation yes. shows are just kind of like, Oh, we could, it's like funny, but it's not. Yeah. But we're going to show you how not funny it is. Yeah. It, they, they go there. Um, in the confusion, the boys are able to free Terrence and Philip, and through Cartman's V-chip begins to malfunction, and that's when he starts to like have like electricity coming mm-hmm. out of his hands, basically. That's uh, kind of what happened. Well, please. I mean... Well, he, that happened kind of after that after Sheila shot yes, Terrence it's and after Phillips. It's later, yes. So Sheila shoots Terrence and Phillips, Terrence and Phillip, which is a, the, the most violent moment in the movie to me. Like in the face. Cold-blooded, shoot him in the head, blood dripping. <laughs> crazy. Blood hits the ground. Gates of hell opens up and Satan comes with his minions and his lover, Saddam Hussein. Yeah. And there's something so interesting to me about making Satan sympathetic and Saddam Hussein, of all people, the ultimate big bad of this movie. Um, oh, I get what it's, they're saying. It's That Satan's fake and Saddam Hussein's real? Yeah. <laughs> But they also, yeah, yeah. yeah. just like the problem isn't this mythical uh, underdwelling. It's man, mankind is the problem. This fucking dude, not this. True, but I, I guess what I'm saying is okay. I'm I'm with that joke, but one, they had Hitler at their disposal because they used him, so that guy's worse. And two, why specifically Hussein is the dude that they're? I'm not. Don't don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. 
not a to Saddam Hussein. No, no, no. Yeah, we don't some, like him at all. We're not supporting fun, yeah. him in any way, shape, or form. You have just have to say that now for the record. Yeah, no, of course. In case we host the Oscars. Yeah, but <laughs> I, but on top of that, right, so there's a couple. Things, you mean when we host? And the Oscars. there's a couple of things about Saddam Hussein that like he gives you that I think is kind of funny. One, he gives you that song. Two, no one has ever heard his voice. So. For the most part. So he kind of they, – they kind of get to make their mm-hmm. own character there, mm-hmm. which is fun. And three, like – and this is crazy. And I never thought about it till this movie. Saddam Hussein's kind of handsome. Like like he has that <laughs> – I wish you could have seen the look Oak just gave me. He has this moment. Was it, was it the <laughs> – <laughs> it was like, well, like I did like a lot of wide eyes where I'm like, dude, you you said that. I mean, there's some thoughts it's, like you can't really say. It's in the like it, you know what, 14 year olds are kind of cute. Like those are like no, some no, things no. like like you can think. I'm not saying that. I'm just I know what he. That's not what I said. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying like there's some <laughs> thoughts that that people have that I'm like. And, and I'm saying was not an unattractive man. No, it goes beyond that. It's in the movie. Yeah, I know. He charms all the women yeah, by true. stopping and smiling at yeah. them, and they all go. And at that moment, I'm like, wait a second. Is Saddam Hussein handsome? Yeah. Like, is that part of his appeal it that he be. was a handsome man? It might be. And that's um, a, oh, yeah. And that's and history a, proves that. That's an interesting. He's thing. a charismatic man at the very least. I guess. Like yeah. there was like I never. I mean, Saddam Hussein in America growing up, he is modern day Hitler. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. never thought about him in that no, context. Yeah. But like, is he attractive to a uh, Satan? It's so stupid. Okay, but <laughs> other point is, if you want yeah. to make a really insightful mm-hmm. or incisive argument it's not Saddam Hussein that someone we think is great it's fucking George Washington you know like it's something like that that would have been really kind of wild but But I think that I think also what they understand is when you I mean because like there's some art that you create like that's just for me and this is my point but I think they I think Matt and Trey want people to consume it Mm mm-hmm and I think if they did that, it just alienate too many people, and it wouldn't point. be consumed. And then the the medicine that they have hidden behind all the vulgarity, he's the right wouldn't. he's the right target. I mean, he's the he right guy. It, because that because right. like it's like he's in hell. We're making fun of him. He's a piece of shit. Like all people be like, yeah, that dude's the worst. He is the worst. We can at least enjoy it. But if yeah. it was like Washington or Jefferson or even fucking Andrew Jackson, who was like the worst human, yeah, like people would not. I mean, they they, they'd shut the they'd shut that movie down. You want to know what? You're right, deservedly, it's, and, it's, and and they would do it deservedly. So, like, there is some, there is some. We're all on the same team shit here with picking a mm-hmm. a, a target like Saddam Hussein. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and and but I mean, but I will say, like, um, like when we worked on him, there was a version of him, and we're dropping f bombs like it's our job because it was mm-hmm. like a hip hop album. Like, right. fuck this motherfucker, this bitch. Like, we were doing all that, and I remember thinking, yeah, man, we really about to do this. And I remember when Lynn changed everything, I was like, bummed. I was like, nah, dude, you know that's your art, and and that's how it is, and like da 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 da, this that and the third. But I'm like, it's great. Because I mean, like, it just reached more people. It's yeah. okay to make those. I don't want to say compromises, but yeah, like because it's like, why, why are you doing? Like, I have this debate. This is a tangent. I yeah, Phil no, bring us back, but I have this debate a lot of time with people who create like artists. Where I'm just kind of like, if if you don't want some people, like I don't, I don't care how people interpret it. Okay, then like make it and never release it. If that if that's truly how you feel, well, make it release it and deal with it, and deal with it. But if not, then like, why are you presenting it if you don't care? If, if you're not presenting it for other people to consume, this well, is art for me. Now you're, then make it and keep yeah. it in the closet. Oh, I see then that. it's art for you. But the moment you release it, then you're not actually just making this for yourself. You're actually making it for other people. So there's something you're trying to communicate. Every point. artist is trying to communicate something, and if you're not, then you have no. If I'm not trying to communicate, I don't talk. I don't need to speak. Well, and it's also just, you know, you're bringing up a very interesting point in just in terms of how you 
creative integrity and how you grapple with the various sort of demons that you have. Like, what's important to you? Is it about reaching the, the most amount of people or is it about reaching the people that are going to be like-minded to yourself mm-hmm. and be able to, uh, you know, find a connection with your art? And I get that. And, and I think that, you know, in Hollywood, we all have to make those decisions. What is important to you? To me, personally? Yeah, yeah. as uh, an artist. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I have an answer necessarily, but I would say that I, I think that if I had to choose between the most amount of people or a thing that is esoteric and only speaks to me, I would rather tell a story that the most people can actually connect with. I think that now there are compromises that come with that. And that's sort of what we're discussing here. And I don't know how I would individually deal with those individual, you know, uh, compromises, but I think that like, like on, like on, like on sleepy how, yes. Did were there moments where there are things that you wanted to communicate? Like, um, I don't know, something that happened. Like, like uh, I can only think like, like for like be 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 kind to like let's say like help or like a wait staff. Like you well, had an experience. I think, I think you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, where, where did you find moments you're like actually I really want to communicate this thing because I think it's important for people here that you felt like you couldn't because they're like yeah that may alienate. Did you feel well, like, that for way? Instance, working I on was, it? I'll give you an example of something that I think sort of speaks to what you guys are talking about, which is for me personally, I wanted the opening of Sleepy Hollow, the pilot, which is this uh, Revolutionary War battle sequence. I wanted it to be scored to Sleigh Bells Demons. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it would have been fucking cool to have this sort of these two things, this this culture clash or this time clash of a present day song to, uh, you know, to old footage or footage that we were sort of whatever. I understand why that never happened. Like, I get that. I understand that if you did that in the very first scene, it would be alienating to a certain audience and that it might not connect with the people that you want. and music rights and any number of other things. Like I get why it didn't happen. It's not to say that I didn't want it to happen. Mm. I did, but I understand why that compromise was made. And I understand why we went with score rather than going with a pop song or whatever it is. But you know, there are choices that I wasn't privy and you know, I couldn't make that decision. And other people made that decision for the show. But you know, I think that, and I think I, I shared this tweet with you the other day. I think I actually think our next guest, Todd Vanderwerf tweeted it, but basically that every showrunner, um, if given the carte blanche to do whatever they want, would ultimately just put a whole bunch of songs. They would just basically, the more music, the more money they get, the music rights are the thing that they basically, not even a question. Like literally the first thing every showrunner would do is be like, well, here's my list of fucking songs that I want. This not is the mixtape that too. I want to make mm-hmm. for yeah. fucking America. And I just think that that's, but it's true you know so that be that as it may uh stan sees a vision of the clitoris at this point in the movie um and there's also a shot which is again come back to what we were talking about in terms of how quickly they make this they throw some shade at phantom menace (laughs) in this movie the jar jar you say people are gonna die that movie came out what like three weeks four weeks earlier than this movie did i mean that's how up against it or how Man, much they that was wanted. Also 1999. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So it's it's one of those things where you're like, they saw that movie, they knew it sucked. And they were just mm. like, how quickly can we throw a shot in of them of us making fun of it? So I think that's kind of great. Uh the mothers see the destruction they've incited, decide to give up and look for their kids. Stan leads the kids to Terrence and Philip. Uh I love that Stan gives this great speech about or Kyle, sorry, gives this great speech about censorship and loving people, and then Sheila shoots Terrence and Philip in the head, mm-hmm. which feels so perfect. Just in His terms mom. of no one, yeah, no one's listening to anything. Um then we've got sort of this like we've got this big battle. Uh Sheila regrets everything. Saddam is killed by Satan. Mm-hmm. You get all that sort of craziness. 
Uh, and then Satan got, decides to go back. Satan decides to go back. I can't. We Carmen can't realizes that he has sort of the emperor's power, and that's how he yeah. sort of defeats Saddam. There's a lot of Star Wars kind of mixed into the bottom of this, the end of this movie. Well, it's another thing that like is kind of surprising is like Cartman was their Bart Simpson, right? Yeah. Like Cartman was on all the yes. shirts, and Cartman was really the he character was. that got quoted. Yes, he does not have a huge role in this movie. No. Like he curses a lot and he has the V chip and he does this funny shit, but it's not really a Cartman movie, which no. I love about this. It's an ensemble. No, but I mean that's the same thing about Simpsons. Rarely is uh, is an episode of Simpsons really a barbart. There's well, some because they realize he's always Bobby, featured. Homer's yeah. the key to that show, and they pivot to him pretty early on, right? Probably like season by by season three, it was the Homer show. Yeah. And yeah, they did realize that too. And yeah. I'm like, more power to both these shows. I mean, like the best episodes about South Park nowadays are the ones about like Randy Marsh, Stan's dad, or right. any of the any of the grownups, like the peripheral so, characters. They're so good yeah. and so interesting, and, and they really, I think they really speak to what Trey and Matt are going through today. Yeah, sure. Especially Randy, who seems to be a guy who just like desperately wants to like be relevant and cool and doesn't know how to like do it and whatever. South I think Park there's, cool. I mean, but I think there's also it's interesting because it goes to show how deep the bench is on this. You know, when you have a great ensemble, every character you can, can be figure out ways to get to every character and every character has, you know, so it's Which is true really for the smart. kids too. This show yeah. started as a show about four kids. There are like probably Yeah, now you got Timmy and, and, yeah. and Butters and like yeah. all, you have Butters so many. Butters is such a big character in the show Yeah, now. Butters is a huge character. <laughs> yeah. Now. And he's like an e- easier a little bit, but yeah. Um, so Satan grants Kenny a wish which is any what? Which, what caused? I can't. Remember. I should have. Mm-hmm. I should have no, rewatched no, this right good. before. What? I forgot. What caused Satan to sit to stop? Well, was him realizing how abusive was it? That it right? Similarly, like he's so to, abusive. Why am I doing? Why am I letting me do this? I'm sorry. Was that? Was that? Kinda? It's basically Darth Vader seeing the Emperor yeah, totally. electrocuting <laughs> Luke, and him being like, "No, I've had enough of this." And then he throws him. He, that's it's. Basically, the end of Return of the Jedi, um, which is, <laughs> I'm sure, not ironic. And also, Kenny being like, you're better than this guy. You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing with this guy? You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of that. So he turns. He throws Satan down back into hell. He's, he's impaled by some sort of mountain or I don't mm-hmm. know what you would call that. He, uh, Satan grants Kenny a wish. Kenny which is very, asks, very satisfying. It's very satisfying. Especially having watched after September 11th, having watched <laughs> sure, everything. Sure. It's like the most, and that's the thing. Like I didn't, since I didn't see the film in 1999, I saw it after September 11th. All right. You never saw that's this right. until. You didn't see it in 99. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, we saw it. We saw it. You saw it in 99, right? I saw it in theaters. Yes, yeah. And yeah. yeah. uh, Kenny wishes for everything to return back to the way it was before war, which means he's still dead. So he sacrifices himself. Um, he gets into heaven as an act of sacrifice. You see his face. You see his face for the first time. Takes which is off his also so satisfying. It's really satisfying. Such a good moment for the movie. It is. And uh, everything returns back to normal in South Park. And then we get a big sort of mountain town reprise of all that closing. stuff mixed in back together. And it's, I mean, it's and just, a great big it's a, old it's musical a ending. great fucking movie. I, I mean, I will say, you know, Kenny and I have talked a lot about when we were going to do this. Because it's a, it's one of the biggest movies of '99. It's a movie that has grown in esteem. It's only gotten better since. Um, so I, I'm gonna let's we'll zero to '99. This just because it feels like it's the right time to do it. I feel in '99, I liked it. I thought it was a fucking blast. 
I one of the most enjoyable movie experiences I probably ever had. Um, bought the movie on DVD, probably watched it once or twice since. Um, in 99, I'd probably give it a 89. I will say that when we sat down to watch this movie, whatever it was, two, mm-hmm. three weeks ago, I couldn't believe how much I remembered. And it's a testament to how fucking great these songs and these jokes are that they planted these fucking so mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. that I knew the whole movie. You hadn't seen it in 19 years? I mean, at least 15 or, or wow. 16, maybe Same. 17 years. It's been a very long time. And I was just like, holy shit. That's mm-hmm. how good these jokes are and these songs are. It's the music. It's the music. It's all the of music it. I'm just like, this thing is a stone cold masterpiece. I'd say that today, I'd say pre and post podcast, I'd give this movie probably a 92 or 93. I'd, I'd, I'd say at the time, I'd say at the time I would have given it a like a 96, 97. Sure, sure. And I think now I would give it like a 92 because I think it could be trimmed. Like watching it, yeah. there were moments where I was like, yeah. oh, I could see where you can trim fat. We can make things a little tighter. And they were still kind of like sitting in like we just got to throw jokes at it. So like watching it now, I could still see it's it's loaded with jokes for joke's sake. And I think it really would have been a masterpiece if they really like – like I love the, the 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 Brooke Shield slap and all that stuff, but I think it would have been a masterpiece if every joke still tied you back to the theme. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because Kenny and I also both thought that like there's some there's there's some stuff in there, especially some of the Cartman's mom stuff gets mm-hmm. a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the Saddam Hussein Satan stuff gets a little repetitive. Yeah, yeah I but I would also a lot say like it's 81 minutes and it has to be 80 minutes to get a theatrical release. So ultimately. It's short as of as it could be. It's as kind of as short as it could be. But that being said, true. totally fair. True. Totally true. fair. Kenny? In ninety nine, I saw this like I did three movies in ninety nine on day off, so I worked at camp. We've done all three now. Eyes Wide Shut, American Pie, and South Park. I love that you saw Eyes Wide Shut at summer camp on a day off. They were all uh, – I was a counselor. That was also 99. They were all um, seminal – Seminal. Seminal. Seminal movies. Mm-hmm. Um, for different reasons, this was the best experience of the three by a fucking long sure. shot. As much fun as I've ever had in a movie, I swear I think it's it was a, it was a ninety eight in the theater. Sure. Um, after watching it with you guys and Teddy, it was still a ninety eight. That yeah. was as much fun as I've had watching a movie in the moment. Um, it was also <laughs> high as shit. And that was pretty high too. And, but I mean, but it, it but it it, it like but it, it holds in a way that, um. I just saw Network on Broadway. Mm-hmm. How is that? It's it's Brian. It's great. Awesome. Brian Brian is is mm-hmm. remarkable. Sure. But the thing about it is, as I'm watching, I'm like, dude, this dude is so preachy. Like this writer is so preachy, and then you realize this was written four yeah. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is what made it poignant. Is that? Oh, it's still applicable. And watching it with you guys, what made it poignant for me was a also realizing like this movie wouldn't be great if it wasn't for the fucking music. Yeah. If it wasn't for the no. music, because it's same thing like it's yeah. same thing as Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. is only great because I mean this is history. It's only great because it's done in a way that it gets stuck in your head. You're understanding. You're learning mm-hmm. because the music is so good, and you just want to listen to the music. Yeah. What's and, like a what is the is forgive me Schoolhouse Rock is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. I'm just a bill. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's like you learn through song, and it becomes so much more palatable. It just... I, and maybe that's a, that just might be just a human thing. Like, mm-hmm. it just becomes easier for us to well, digest the, it. The Hamilton thing that's so amazing to me in my own life is my son, who's six, 
is now obsessed with American history yeah. because of Hamilton. Like he reads books about the American Revolution. He knows all the ma- major players and it's only because of Hamilton. So that's an I, incredible and he's, thing. And he doesn't dumb it down. Like there are a lot of words and phrases that he used that we learned. And I was like, what does that mean? And kids are like – they're, they're giving it back and then they're looking it up. Why? Because yeah. they, they want to understand. They're like, oh, it's so it, – because it, and, and it's crazy that um, – and especially with what hip-hop is today where like the whole mumble rap – and like motherfuckers, nobody's saying nothing. You know, people are just in the club bumping to shit and they don't know what is being said or really what they're talking yeah. about. It's remarkable to see young people who, who have grown up with that kind of music actually want to understand what's being said. Because yeah. the music – and pop, pop music, any pop music today – most people aren't really concerned with what is being said per se, and I feel like an old crotchety man when I say this now, where I'm like, "Yeah, kids today," but it's but it's it's true. It's like that's on audiences more than the artists, though. I, I oh yeah, I agree. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people are unwilling to consume popular culture the way in which it was attended, and it kind of bugs me. It kind of bums me out, really. Um, just because I think I think a lot, I think honestly, a lot of pop music is is really interesting and deal, when you listen with to stuff, the lyrics yeah, yeah. I, I was i was i was i was hanging out with someone who was like oh man listen to this song and they're they're like and they're like 21 22 and i'm listening to it and like, isn't it great and i'm like hold on let's <laughs> yeah and they and they listen to it and they're like oh shit i think the dude was talking about like something about like yeah just like tricking a girl and just like sucking his dick something along those lines mm-hmm. yeah. where like when you really listen to it like well that's kind of really fucked up i said yeah. yeah but that's my first listen the first thing i'm doing is listening to what he's saying i'm like do you hear hear what he's saying but i mean it's just not no. and 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 it's, and it's and i feel like when we were younger it was different like i remember yeah. listening to like um creep by tlc mm-hmm. loved it so i creep yeah and i remember a point when i got older where i was like oh shit <laughs> Yeah, this bitch is talking about. <laughs> Hold on, guys. Yeah, yeah. I love this song, but wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but I, but I think that was like an ignorance thing. But there are like adults who can process who just choose choose not to. Yeah. Am Fucking, I crazy? It's true. No, do you feel totally the same right. way? They just, they just want the pop. They just want the like the, the the rush of just like something that's hooky and fun, and they just don't look beneath the surface. Yeah, like like tw- like twenty something year old. I think that's a little too old to not be listening to lyrics. I don't I don't know, but I kind of feel that. I feel like when we I, we were twenty, we were listening to what people were saying. What's well, like I, the I song that recently? People in their thirties and forties are are just as much to blame, maybe even more so. Fair, fair. Like people, just like people, fair, fair, fair. Like, there are still totally like true. there are still like people in their thirties and forties who consume Kendrick Lamar and don't actually think about what, what he's, he's saying. saying. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny. Recently, a song that that this happened to me with that I just didn't listen to the lyrics on was "Say My Name," mm. the Destiny's Child mm-hmm. song, which I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she wants him to say her name because he's with someone else, and she thinks it's it's really just. It's a very, very smart pop song that you just don't even really think about it because you're just like, oh, the hook's there and it's fun. It's like, say my name, say my name. And you're like, but why does she want him to say her name? And it's just, it's it's very smart. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next week on the podcast, we are doing Bicentennial Man. Uh, Kenny's face right now seems, he seems sad. I don't quite know. It's, it's, it's quite a, you know, it's the opposite of zero to 60. It's 60 to zero. <laughs> so, listen. We've got great guests. The best. We've got. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I can't even. Do you know what it is? Yeah, the Robin Williams film. The Robin Williams yeah. movie, where he's like an android or a yeah. robot or he's something. A robot. Yeah. I won't tell you anything else. Fuck you. See. So you- <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was great. Um, nice I really, I also really want to like when he's watch the Green Mile just see oh. like how angry I'm gonna be. You'll be really angry because I was like, man, like I just want to go back now. Did this you listen to the episode on it? No. Oh, you. I, mean, Teddy, I, ta- I, ta- I, yeah. I talked to you about it. It's yeah. Teddy's episode. Because that was Teddy's episode. I remember talking to you. It's about a really it, good episode, like, actually. It's, it's one of my favorites. We, we had a lot of fun with a really, really Most terrible people. movie, but people feel that movie. People really feel, still feel that movie. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we got Todd Vanderwerf. Oh, Tarzan um, too. I'll come back and do Tarzan too. We, we did Tarzan. Oh, who did Tarzan? Sorry, my friend Emily Morris came on for Tarzan. Fuck sorry. you, Emily. Um, but you're you're coming back. So, but uh, Todd Vanderwerf next week with uh, with his wife Libby. Um, it's going to be great. Libby with her Libby, husband. Libby. I mean, Todd and Libby are coming on. Yeah. Uh, to talk about Bicentennial Man and a very odd movie. Um, I'm excited to dive into it. It's going to be a good one. Those two are troopers for coming on. Not every movie is South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> this is the second so, not great movie they've come on I for. Know, What's a, the first? They night came night. on for uh, The Story of Us, this which was uh, Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer, a divorce movie. and it was. I've never even heard yeah, of you, that. You're, not, you're why, better why, off. why did they? That's a deep cut, I feel like. Well, they. to be honest, was they liked it. Was it in 99? No, 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 no. It's it, a it relationship a movie. And they saw it back in 99 and they liked it and they were a couple back then. They're still obviously a couple and they wanted to kind of deconstruct why they might have liked it back then and it was, I don't know how much they liked it, but they it was still fun to talk about. They had it was a great it. episode. But and I will say, Bicentennial Man, also a fucking weird relationship movie. Yes. So that and they're gonna they're, they're gonna nail this. It's gonna be great. All right, uh, that was great. I have one more great. question for you guys. Did you guys okay. do Big Daddy already? Not yet. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> we'll put you put a star next to yeah, you on that great. one. Um, I always like this question. Not even listening. He's just scrolling. Think, through no, I'm doing both. I'm doing. I think I've asked you this before. Okay, but. The question I like to ask is like a parlor question is when I'm in the parlor is um who what is a parlor like let's a, let's uh, let's unpack this yeah, okay so then why don't we call it a, why aren't our bars parlors are our bar they should be are, why are all not bars, bars parlors? parlors bar no par, I don't know what a parlor we don't have parlors what's your, what's, your, what's the question <laughs> who would you <laughs> all right so the whole idea is uh, the aliens come down <laughs> we kind of wrap the the aliens come down <laughs> yeah. and they say we're going to destroy Earth. Unless you can show us a movie that makes us feel like com- humanity is worth saving. Okay. What's I, the movie? K-Pax. No, who's the director? Oh. And the director's obviously <laughs> the director is obviously like you're making the decision, you're Donald Trump. You're making a decision and you have to you, you have to pick someone. It's obviously Steven Spielberg. I was gonna say it's but it. let's say it's you, not Spielberg. Spielberg dies. Because I think that honestly, oh I would put my faith in Trey Parker. I think he is capable of doing it. Now, you haven't seen Book of Mormon, but I, I think he's capable Jordan of Peele. doing it. Oh, I think Jordan good, Peele's a, capable of doing it too. I'd say Jordan Peele over Steven Spielberg. Wow. Why? Because I feel like Steven Spielberg romanticizes a lot. Well, sure. And I think that any intelligent life form will smell bullshit. <laughs> That's yeah. an interesting. That's a, I mean, coming at it from that perspective, which I think is totally fair. I, I mean, Spielberg is the movie that if you're trying to appeal to the emotions of something. Yeah. But I, if you're I, trying to appeal to your point, to the intellectualism, or try to say, like, we are worthy of saving. the actuality of. Yeah. I think Jordan Peele is a very interesting answer. I think that – I think Chris Nolan's an interesting answer as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that – I You mean, guys both pick people with pretty dark views of humanity. But no, they don't. I don't – no. I don't know that that's true. I think actually Interstellar is a very yeah. I agree. I, I think, but I think there are two people who look at the actuality of reality. 
well, and, and 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 I think and I think yeah. that's that's the healthiest thing because when you know what a thing is, then you really know how to go about the thing. And I feel like I've, just everything with Steven Spielberg, I just feel like it's 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 highly romanticized and beautiful and yeah. stunning and and really points. well crafted. But I feel like there there is there is an honesty to Nolan because I mean that's interesting. I mean I think there's I. I I mean, Inception, Dark Knight, Dark. Uh, I mean, it's a Memento. I mean, Dunkirk as well. Yeah. These are pretty dark views of humanity. No, but, but like, but, but like, but it's, but it's, but there's, but there's always a driving force in all of these films, which is humanity. Like, in spite of it all, there is still a driving force too. I mean, there's so, an argument to be made for Kubrick as well. If we're being honest, if you want to well, give some, I mean, dead. But okay, but, okay. but, but I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. My Trey Parker point is the same thing too, which is essentially it's that last line in Shawshank. Which is an Ernest Hemingway quote. Yeah. Um, wait, what's the last line? The last you? line is like something to the effect of, God, I wish I got this exactly right, but it's basically the world is a terrible place. That's uh, the end of seven, isn't it? Sorry, seven, seven. The last line of seven. Still Morgan Freeman. The last yeah. line of seven, which is the world is a terrible it, place and it's worth saving. No, and no. Then, the world is a great place and it's worth fighting for. And I believe the second part. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right? So the world's a fine, so world is a fine place and worth fighting for. And I believe the second part. Which is basically like, I do feel like all of these people, Nolan and Jordan Peele and Trey Parker, kind of look at the world and they're like, the world is not a fine place, but it is worth fighting for. So I think that kind of, we're all coming from it from a similar point of view. So mm-hmm. I don't think like, I think Spielberg, to his credit, I think if you see AI, which I think we'll discuss on the Bicentennial oh, yeah. Man podcast. Yeah. Spielberg's not always no, I agree. a romanticized view mm-hmm. of humanity. It really is some like I need to see we, we do some incredible shit here. We really do some incredible yeah. shit, and there are some really terrible actors. But in general, I think yeah. you know. I, th- I think the, I mean, the arc I, of the arc of time bends towards justice. Yes. Yeah. No, so. I think that's. I think that's. I mean, I'm I'm very excited to talk about Bicentennial Man with Todd and Libby. I think it's going to be a really fantastic episode. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, on. Thank oh you man, so this much. was this was so great. And we'll we, see you from Big Daddy. You really need. To, you really need to come back. Do you want to do something? Do you want to do something better than Big Daddy? I mean, there's a big list. No, I mean, no I'm, I look at. I'm just. A, I just watched Into the Spider Verse, which is amazing. But I'm also a sucker for anything where there's some kind of like father issue or a father trying to redeem himself. It well, just we got, gets we got me. Some, we got some like good stuff on job. the list. I actually like Big Daddy more than I meant to, meant to I say loved there. It. I think it's a good it's, I, think I think it's, it's a great, great movie. movie. I, I do. I think it's a great movie. I just don't know how much there is to dive in, but it seems like you think yeah. there, there is. So maybe I'll watch that. it. I'll watch yeah. it again. I'll send you I'll a list either way and you can look it over see if there's anything else that jumps out at you. You're on you're on Instagram. What's your handle on Instagram? Uh, my handle on Instagram is Oak Smash. And on Twitter? Oak Smash as well. Okay. I keep it very simple. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for We're at uh, Podcast Like 1999 on Twitter. I'm at PM Iscove on Twitter and Instagram. Kenny's at Nybart. Sure am. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Thanks. Podcast Like It. Just Podcast Like It. Podcast Like It's 1999 Podcast like it's 1999 Podcast like it You on the podcast like it's 1999 Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.